Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new season of Spill Your Beans and we're kicking off this one like we ended the last with a Star Wars review with Cooper Britton. Welcome. That's good. That's good. The, um, the one I'm most excited about as well. I, I'm so excited about this. So we've talked about the prequels, we've talked about the originals, there's only one trilogy left to talk about for now. Um, <laughs> and that is the sequel trilogy of Star Wars The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker a very polarising trilogy for a lot of people um, in terms of the internet especially so do bear in mind with this I don't have to do this usually with Spill Your Beans but I'm just going to put a little disclaimer on this one to go these are just our opinions it doesn't matter if you disagree, that's fine that's very welcome so long as it's not like sexist or racist like a lot of some people's opinions on Star Wars have been over the years. Um, so, yeah, these are just our opinions. It's all good. It's all good. We're going to start, of course, just right away with The Force Awakens. Because I feel like we've got a lot to say about all of these. Um, we'll start at the beginning of the trilogy. Now, it's an interesting one, the sequels, right? Because we both we watched The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker together first time. In, uh, in, yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. In cinema. Force yeah. Awakens, we didn't. But those two... It's interesting because obviously, like, we have our very first reactions and we remember what they were and then, like, to where they are now, especially with Rise of Skywalker, um, <laughs> which I'm going to dredge up on you. Um, but The Force Awakens is one that I think, I mean, you've talked about especially as being one that you're going to be a slight bit slightly biased to because it um, sort of got I you back into Star Wars. Slightly, it will be very biased. <laughs> it will be really biased. It, uh, well, yeah. Bear in mind, it's like, for my top three, it would be number three. Because it has set, like a lot of sentimental value for me, with this. So this is your me. this is your favorite of the sequel trilogy, then. Uh, oh, but without without a shadow. Of a oh, doubt, really? Okay. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, it's my favorite. Um, it is the film that kind of properly got me back into Star Wars. So I was in it when I was a kid with the Clone Wars and everything, mm. but kind of dropped out over the years. But then this was kind of like what solidified and got me to kind of look more into it and find out about more of the extended lore and stuff like that and everything mm. surrounding it. And to where I am today, getting like hyped over the smallest things ever. Yeah, no, and and same a little bit because I think for me, um, in in a sort of similar capacity, I always always a fan of Star Wars, and I was always excited for the idea of a new Star Wars. Um, but unlike you, I'd never watched the Clone Wars. I never watched the yeah. animated stuff. I think I watched the Clone Wars film in cinema when I was younger, um, but I never watched the series on Cartoon Network. It was never really my cup of tea. Um, I don't really have any fond memories of that. I think for me, my sort of Star Wars nostalgia back when I was younger was the prequels. Um, the prequels and the originals being brought up on them and the sort of pop culture and iconography that goes along with them. Um, Darth Vader especially, I think, as a character, was yeah. very prominent around the release of Revenge of the Sith, which is around sort of our generation's introduction into Star yeah. Wars in terms of like era. 2005 as being like the... You know, that, that iconography of Darth Vader and that sort of orangey, yeah. like, fiery lighting and stuff um, on the marketing and all that sort of thing. I, for me, Force Awakens almost was a similar sort of thing. I never really fell out of love with Star Wars, but I never really kept up to date with it. Um, yeah, that was kind of my thing as well, yeah. And Force Awakens, for me, was that, that jump back into it. And it didn't disappoint at the time, is what I'll say. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like what well, the way you've already described that, um, I know this is. I'm already more excited for this review because I feel like we're going to really disagree on this film, um, yeah. which is which is in 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 some sense is a good thing. Um, 
can you have a bit of a, a bit of both sides here, which is good because I don't yeah. know if we're going to have as much of that both like double sided argument with the Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker, especially think, the latter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I think this one might be. We'll have different opinions on this one, but I think for the next two, mm. I think both of us. I think especially because I know the last time I watched all three, the last time I watched uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi was with you. And we went to see Rise of Skywalker. Really? Is that the I've last time you saw them? The last time I saw them. I've not watched them. I might have watched Force Awakens, wow. but I've not seen Last Jedi. Or I've seen Rise of Skywalker once. and it uh, Because I watched it just after uh, it released. Uh, to try and, like, somehow find something from it. But we'll save that. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So Interesting. Me, I wish it's been a while. But I know after we watched Force Awakens and Last Jedi, I think we... Or maybe not Force Awakens, but definitely after Last Jedi, we had similar opinions. Mm. Yeah, because I do um, think I, part of me thinks that Last Jedi is maybe contending for the best one of the three. Yeah, too right. But, but for me, the Force Awakens I prefer because of the sentimental value behind it. And that's understandable. I do get that. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one because. Um, Again, you're so, you're so right. And for those without the context there, when we saw Rise of Skywalker, we saw the midnight release. Not just the midnight release, but we saw a triple billing of The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and At Midnight, Rise of Skywalker, which was a hell of an experience. <laughs> uh, do you know what? It's still one of the best experiences, like cinema, anything experience I've yeah. ever had. Yeah, it was brilliant. I, really, I think really enjoyed it. Because it was in cinema, it was such an exciting sort of thing as well. Um, when I... Um, I've only rewatched the films since I think Force Awakens I've only seen once since and that was sort of at the beginning of last year um, and you know I have I have opinions on it I, I feel like every time I watch The Force Awakens I feel like I like it less so now I've decided I want to stop watching it because I feel like I want to just preserve the little enjoyment I have left of that film <laughs> a little bit left and I'm not like not to slam it I, I think there are good elements in it and don't get me wrong when this released it was my favourite film of the year I absolutely adored this film I thought it was brilliant it was like a return to form and as a lot of people say yeah it is fan service it really is fan service right but it was 2015 and it was the first Star Wars film in 10 years the first good Star Wars film in about 20 years and yeah. It was the first time the fans had been serviced in a long time, so I can excuse it for that. As a 14-year-old, I loved it. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. It was it was fantastic to go into cinemas, see X-Wings and TIE Fighters and Jedi and Sith and all this new stuff. Um, but, yeah, let's just sort of break it down a bit. Let's start with, and we're going to try and follow this sort of format for most of them because I feel it's probably the easiest way to go about it. Mm. We'll start with the story itself. Um, because the story itself has a lot of controversy around it that I would sort of, I, I didn't agree with at one point in time and would fight the ground of, and I'm now more lenient to that the more I've watched it. And I feel like a lot of people, the, the big criticism, you know what I'm talking about, is that people say it's very similar to the uh, New Hope. Yeah. What do you reckon with that? For me, yes, I understand why people say oh, it's similar to New Hope. It is literally, like, it is uncanny how similar mm. it is. But I think it's down to the fact that if you think of the gap that they had between well, what Revenge of the Sith was the, the previous film that released, and then mm. this, after this massive gap, not really. You had Rebels, didn't really have much else. Mandalorian wasn't on the horizon at all. Nothing about TV shows. Yeah, nothing about anything. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, all right. You you have to do something that that is going to bring people back in, and it's a format that they knew worked. 
I think maybe if they'd taken New Hope and altered it a bit more, so people didn't come out of the cinema going, oh, it's literally just New Hope, maybe like have some similarities with it, mm. it would have worked, but I can mm. understand why they went with a, a safer route. Yeah, and I think that's it, isn't it? Because it's for, for me is when I first watched it, I didn't think that. I was like, it's not like New Hope. Yeah, no, it's great. That. Like I, I just thought it was a great Star Wars film. But the thing, the older I've gotten, and the more you look at it, and I think since the Last Jedi's release, because and we'll talk about the Last Jedi, because the Last Jedi again is a similar string. This entire trilogy, other than the Last uh, Rise of Skywalker, is a similar thing for me with these two films, where started off when I first watched them thinking a certain thing, and then my opinions change, and then my opinions change again, and it's just kind yeah. of all over the place because the more you, I think time really settles opinions and i think with the star wars films it's especially the sequels there's such a like outcry about these films online and as someone who's very active online it's difficult to avoid that and i'm very sort of entranced in that as much as i haven't ever really made content about star wars too much i've always been interested by the debates going on for me the force awakens i do look at it now and think it's not the fact that it's similar to to new hope for me it's it's just as a personal preference. I don't mind if they were going to make it similar to A New Hope. For me, I just watch it and I don't get that feeling of excitement anymore. And I think that's it. Yeah, I, th- I think when it first released in the first few years, and I think especially when we were having this new trilogy and we were getting new films, what was it, like every other year, mm. I think I definitely held onto it a lot more. Like, I definitely don't like it as much as I did when Last Jedi or especially when Rise of Skywalker released. Like, I re- and. I know people shit on the main character and stuff like that, but I, I do quite like Rey, I do quite like Dizzy Ridley. It, I know the character has problems. She mm. is completely and utterly broken. Like, mm. just so strong, like, unbelievably strong. And it's definitely mm. prominent in the first film. Yeah. I think there's there's elements of, there's elements all over the place. I think it's... it's Yeah, I, I, and I agree. And I think as much as I will probably criticise this in, in the coming, like, minutes, uh, I... Mm will you know go on record and say that actually i think the first two films of this trilogy work coherently together there's obviously by the time you get to rise of skywalker i think there's a sort of semblance of okay there wasn't a plan at all yeah but by the end of the last jedi i feel like the two films do gel together and i think Mm -hmm. some things that the force awakens sets up it's paid off well in the last jedi and i think you know there's stuff like the, the parentage and stuff i think that's keeping it a mystery that that is part of the payoff in The Last Jedi. That's part of what it builds up here. Um, there's elements of, of, of characters and story ideas. I think having like Ben Solo as, as the villain, as the new like Sith who's been taken in by a, a Grandmaster, brilliant. The, mis- the mystery of Snoke, like, that was incredible. You know, I love that. I love yeah. the way they, they introduced that in this film. And the thing is, it's really difficult to look back on the trilogy and then look at this film independently because I can't watch this film now without connecting to where it leads. Yeah, that's and watching exactly, this yeah. watching this film in 2015 and going, oh my god, this Snoke guy's so cool, he's so ominous and scary. And I look at it now and go, oh, it's like a little clone that Palpatine made. Like yeah. it's just not the same, and it's not like, and that's a criticism of Rise of Skywalker. That's not a criticism of The Force Awakens, but as a film. When you take away the, 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 those mystery elements, those those key points, I don't think it functions super well as its own. Fact, it's, it's very serviceable, but I think as a Star Wars film, I think looking back, the one thing I'll always be thankful for these films is that they made me appreciate the prequels more, is because I actually yeah. quite like the different setup. Is mm-hmm. when you look and I look at the eras now, I'm like, it's really cool how the prequels, even just like the ships, 
not just the characters and the stories, like the, the politics and stuff, I actually appreciate more now, but like the ships and the culture and the planets. Then you move to the originals and there's a, a specific sort of style to it. And I know the First Order was born out of the remnants of the Empire, but there's something about seeing the exact same ships as the original trilogy, like 20 years on, that just kind of strikes me as like, oh, they really could have done more to reinvent it. Mm-hmm. And as, it's not about, again, it's not like it's like in like A New Hope, but it's, it's, it's more that it's like, it's all the iconography that comes with it. I know it needs that Star Wars-y push, but I just wish they'd been a tad more adventurous with it because it was almost like there for me. But like even just changing some of the designs of certain things, I think would work better and how the, how the plot flows. Like as, as you say, like another script development, just taking it that step away from A New Hope and it could have worked. But I do yeah. respect the, the quality of the filmmaking because the practical effects yeah. and all that sort of thing are brilliant. Oh, yes. The the final fight for me, the Kylo Ren versus Rey one, I absolutely adore. Still to this day, I honestly adore as much mm. as it's like people have the problems with it because again ray being like oh how does she just learn this there and then but straight down to the choreography to the passion through that entire thing that is one it is personally one of my favorites but going back to what you were saying about like the, the adding on to the new hope thing one of the things that force awakens definitely um that pulled me into it after i saw it the first ever time was the the mystery stuff like the who is that my biggest things were the who is snoke and who are ray's parents mm. because or who are ray's like lineage and ancestors which it becomes and one of the things that I, i'm not a fan of what they did for the the, uh, the the entire trilogy this isn't to do with force awakens but uh the reason it feels disjointed to me is because in last jedi they go oh ray's parents are a nobody snoke dies and then in the third one they're like oh well actually it's this and this so yeah. it does feel like a back and forward whereas the force awakens had set it up so well too i was genuinely so passionate about finding out who Snoke was, where he comes from, and to find out who's like Ray's parents were or who Ray's lineage was. Because even if they'd gone through like a basic route and it was like Obi Wan Kenobi or she was Luke's daughter, like anything like that, I would have still really, really liked it. Mm. There's there's ideas there and there's and there's things and it's not about like well and obviously I think there's a lot more to say about The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And we'll save that for that. But I think you're you're right. The intrigue and the mystery was the most interesting part here. And now looking back retrospectively, watching this film after watching Rise of Skywalker multiple times, it's like, okay, it doesn't work the same for me because these ideas, these story points, you know there's nothing to them. Like Ray's parentage, it's a well-known thing now in interviews and all that sort of thing. They were still deciding Ray's parentage whilst filming The Rise of Skywalker. Those script changes were still being made. They still weren't sure if she was going to be a Palpatine or not when they were fucking shooting the film, which is insane to me. And this again, this is going a bit bit farther forward, but I'm going to make my point is that it was already made clear in The Last Jedi and it works thematically. We'll get to that, but it's... Yeah, what I mean is that, that, that chaos is what kind of ruins... It, and it sort of affects my enjoyment of this film because you look at it and go, oh, there's so much potential that just got wasted here. Yeah. And then when you go past the potential and you can't ignore that, then what's left is kind of, okay, here's a lot of similar elements that I recognise. In cinema, when it came out, fantastic experience. But now I'm like, looking back on it, I'm like, I really wish they'd done something just slightly a bit more different to like to change it up from like the style of the new hope and like the aesthetic of the original yeah. trilogy just a bit more i know it needed that nostalgia and needed that fix but i think something that star wars 
is was very fixed on in this era was very much like nostalgia for those originals to get get people to forget about the prequels. Yeah. And getting people to forget about stuff is exactly what Disney does wrong for Star Wars in in my opinion as I think getting people to forget about the prequels is not what they should have been doing. They should have been acknowledging them and moving forward. Like, they exist. That's the story. That's been the story for about 10, 10, 20 years at this point. You have to just you know, let that let that breathe, let that be. This trilogy kind of started by going, ah, oh, forget about them. Remember the originals? Remember X-Wings, TIE Fighters and Stormtroopers and fucking, like, uh, oh, there's, like, a, a bad guy in a mask and he's got, like, a, oh, and, like, a mentor figure and shit. Like, do you remember Chewbacca? <laughs> you know, like, ah, it's great. The issue with trying to forget the prequels as well is there's, there, so much has been done to build around them. And that's Not it only as well. The three films, but there is so much built around them. Even t- both the anime, Clone Wars and Rebels, both build on that kind of pre. I know uh, Rebels is a bit further on, but it still builds mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. around, especially with the characters and stuff. There is so yeah. much built around with Order sixty six, with uh, mm-hmm. with Cal, with uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, Ezra. Sorry. Um, there is so much built around it that when they came to Force Awakens and they came to the sequels, they do try to kind of shove you away where they shouldn't. And then with mm. all three of the sequel films, they bring back a character who was originally in the in the like the original films. Like mm. they obviously kill spoilers. They kill Han Solo off in the first film, which <laughs> don't I think, spoilers for a film that came out seven <laughs> years ago, Cooper. Which I, I can understand why, because I know, uh, what's his name? Um, whatever the actor's name is, it's completely gone past my head. Harrison um, Ford. Harrison Ford, sorry. I know he wasn't a massive fan and didn't really want to do it. So that's understandable. Do you know what? As a cinematography, it is beautiful, that moment. Mm. It's really nice. It worked really, really well. And then you get to The Last Jedi. You have kind of Luke's full introduction. But we'll leave on to that. And then, uh, obviously, there's Palpatine and... Uh, mm. Uh, Lando as well, and yeah. So it is a lot. It is literally the whole point of the sequels is to try and And get people to remember the originals. And there's more of them. And there's more of that with the Rise of Skywalker. And again, that's where a lot of my criticisms come from. I think killing off Han Solo in this and leaving Luke out of it altogether until right at the end is a stroke of genius on J.J. Abrams' Mm -hmm. part. I genuinely think that's actually pretty bloody good because that final moment is so impactful i remember like waiting for two years to see what they were going to do with that moment and being so excited as to how they're going to do luke skywalker because they'd left a whole film to let you breathe and let you get introduced to these new characters before you know bringing in someone who was there and we find out what happened to the jedi order and we have all that cramming that all in the first film would have been a mistake and i actually respect that decision on the filmmaker's part and i think killing off han solo Works. It's a fine idea. Yeah, it does. It's unfortunate that Carrie Fisher dies before they made Rise of Skywalker, because I get the sneaking suspicion that would never have been the original plan, because then you end up killing off basically all of the original cast, which is so unfortunate, other than Lando, of course. But it's still... That's, that is unfortunate, but it just it's the way it went. Um, but with this film, The Force Awakens, I think it's something that it does right. Again, killing off yeah. Han Solo, I think leaving Luke out of it altogether, focusing on the new characters. I just wish the new characters had something different about them. The most interesting character for me throughout this whole trilogy, really, that doesn't really get much to do is Finn. Yeah. Because he's just, he's a affecting Stormtrooper. That's something that's never been done before. He's also Force-sensitive to some extent. And yeah. it's never done... It's not Nothing's done with it. And it's, like, such a shame to me because I'm like, I, I want to see more of that. And this film does probably the most with him, really. So, actually, yeah. in respect to that... I, 
I do have respect for that. I think it, it does work in the sense of, of that. But again, it's not really like it, again it's not it's not developed on so i don't feel like i care about finn watching this film anymore i will go into characters on this note as well uh but. finn for me i feel like got so shafted with the first film because i went in i, I remember going in to seeing force awakens thinking finn was the main character mm. thinking he was going to be the jedi and that he mm. was a defecting stormtrooper he was force sensitive and gets trained because obviously there's the shot when he has holds his lightsaber I, I do like Rey. Like, I, I know she has her issues, and I know that mm. she's not the... There's just something missing for her, but at mm. the time, I did really enjoy it. I also yeah. think that... Oh, um, yeah, 100%. I do think Battlefront 2 also had something to do with that, because she was a really good character on it, and I used to play it all the time. So... <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, Finn, for me, mm. even to the end of... Uh, jumping all the way to the end of Rise of Skywalker, he has some beautiful character development and it leaves that character on such a good point the entire thing the the rose thing in last jedi is kind of like we'll skip we'll jump over that part i'm not a okay still no, no. We'll save I, it. I i will will save it because i don't like it either but i do have some positive things to say about it i think okay. roger skywalker shafts his character more personally well yeah because he's just doesn't do anything. barely in the film yeah I think The Force Awakens sets up again, and this is the thing, Force Awakens sets up what could have been a better trilogy, but when the trilogy doesn't do anything with it, and when they, it's, again, it's that last note, and we'll get to The Rise of Skywalker in due course, I'm sure we will, I'm clearly very excited to get there, but it's, that's the issue for me with this trilogy, is the way it ends affects the rest of the films, because the story then isn't complete, and isn't thought out. It's these wonderful ideas, but... You should have planned a trilogy, you know? Because that's kind of how you do things. You don't really just do it film by film. Because that's not, that's not right. You know, that doesn't, that's not going to work. Because there's going to be things that feel disjointed. You know? Um, you know, in some cases it'll work. Like, for example, the Batman. They're looking at doing a sequel. And they'll probably do th- like three films plus in total. Like, that's probably not thought out that far ahead. But no. they've thrown in, like characters yeah. in that They're... who can appear in future films so it's it's not like you know it, that's what i mean is this the stuff that's been somewhat thought ahead about even if it's not meticulously planned but with star wars like knowing the fans and knowing like the prequels and how everything's so well put together at that point you had the clone wars you had the prequels you had the originals you had a lot of content there where it's like look how wonderful this story is mm-hmm. cut and paste for me doesn't quite cut yeah. it there's something there that it's like, and I'm sure the Mandalorian and whatever they do with that era will fix certain issues there to make in it plan. Dave Filoni, we trust. Absolutely, a Dave Filoni, we trust. Filoni, we trust. If in Mandalorian season three they go into the whole thing with like, okay, they're using Grogu to be the test subject to clone Palpatine down the line and clone force sensitive people, great. If they use the Mandalorian as the start of the trilogy kind of and it actually ties to the rise of skywalker then it works for me it's just certain elements that don't sit well and because of that again the way it ends the force awakens doesn't quite work for me but well i will agree i will agree ray is a good character and i do like ray in this and i think 
I don't know how Noor, I, I didn't see it coming that she was going to be like a, a Jedi. I should have done. I mean, look at her outfit this whole film, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, I genuinely went into that film thinking Finn was the main character. Yeah, me too. And, 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 that, being... and that's, I think, why the lightsaber fight works so well. Because yeah. we, if you didn't really suspect that going in, the moment where the lightsaber flies into her hand is so good. I was you know? absolutely perplexed by the end of that film. I came out of it being like, I did not see really yeah. the main character coming at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, and I think it, it works. It's just... I don't know. There's certain... Certain elements for me, and I think, yeah. But Ray, Finn, good characters, good setup in this. I, I like Poe, although he's a very basic mm. character in this. Um, yeah. I do really like Oscar Isaac as an actor generally, so maybe I'm a little bit biased. But I think in this, he's, you know, he's serviceable, and it, and it works. But I think he gets a lot more to do in The Last Jedi, which is a lot more interesting for his character. Um, I think the way they handle the original cast is great. I like what they do with Han Solo in this. It feels right, and it feels like his character. Um, for him to abandon the rebellion, and um, or the resistance, sorry, and become a smuggler again. Yeah, so easy to mix yeah. the two up. Um, and like become a smuggler again with Chewie, I think, is an interesting story point, and it does work for his character. Um, especially if even his reintroduction, his reintroduction was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it was so brilliant. With the with the Rathars and and the yeah. the uh, clubs the and the gangs, yeah, um, I, it, it works. And there's story elements like that that really do work in this film's favor and and, and really do a lot for it. Um, yeah, no. One thing we've not spoke about is the ending with Luke's introduction and how beautiful. Mm. That is. Oh, it's oh, fantastic. Absolutely. But that's one thing that I feel like I do really like about Force Awakens is its story isn't all there, but as a film, some of the points are beautiful. Mm. It is so well filmed. Mm. I'd argue The Last Jedi is better. I, do you know what? I would probably agree. However, I, I yeah. every time I watch For, uh, Last Jedi, I'm always too focused on the story. And really? the, parts that I'm, the parts that I'm really not a not a fan of. Yeah, I think we, the last worth a rewatch in, in the sense of mm-hmm. focusing on the cinematography for the Last Jedi because it is a beautifully shot film, and the Force yeah. Awakens does lend into that a little bit with the the location scattering of that island, which is perfect, yeah. absolutely perfect for the first Jedi Temple. I want to go there. It's it's in Ireland, I think. It's like a it's like uh, not yeah, even that it far. It's. No somewhere it's 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 a beautiful place and it's a beautiful you know location um and what a sequence of her work at walking up the steps and that music, music. again john williams does a fantastic job with this and yeah, yeah no it, it, i think it rounds off the 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 film perfectly there's a lot of elements in this that really work and i think my criticisms come with like almost unconscious things it's like I can't quite put a finger on exactly why i don't love this film as much as i used to i just watch it and don't get that same buzz Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. other film, other Star Wars films do give me that still. You know, I can still watch Revenge of the Sith and get that. I can still watch A New Hope, Empire, get that. With Force Awakens, I'm like, I used to really love this, and I used to get so much out of this. I, I don't feel it anymore. I think for for me, it's knowing the ending. When I watch when I watch Phantom Menace, and if I'm if we talk, if we do it in trilogies, but I watch Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, I know Revenge of the Sith's coming, and I bloody love that film. Yeah, even with you watch New Hope and you know you've got Empire and then you know you've got Return of the Jedi and I love Return of the Jedi as well and Empire's unbelievable. Yeah. With the sequels, you watch Force Awakens, I go, 
okay, Last Jedi is next, which I'll I'll watch and on last I like I don't I've kind of I've made peace with that film I've completely made peace with that film I don't absolutely I I can stand it I don't hate it like I used to, but then I, I don't even I didn't even realize you hated the Last Jedi at any point. when I first uh, when it originally came out it's it's how I feel how I feel about Last Jedi is how I felt about Rise of Skywalker. But time has not healed the wound of Rise of Skywalker, Ooh, yeah, and I yeah, don't think true. time will no, ever heal that wound. I don't think I don't think all the time in the world would heal that wound. No, no. The Force, however, might be able to. <laughs> oh, don't even, don't even. Um, well, I, I have I very, wait. I have very I'm strong sure. opinions on Force healing because it's the. Sh- let's no, let's we'll save it. let's we'll let's save, save, it. It. We'll let's save, save it. it. Let's save we'll it. Save I can't it. I can't wait to get to the Rise of Skywalker. Um, in conclusion, with the Force Awakens, I feel like we're kind of the points on this are so like yeah, I feel like we could start. It's so like pent up, ready for the next two. Um, but that's in a nutshell, kind of how the trilogy is. Force Awakens is just like yeah, no, it's all right. The Last Jedi is like. Well, we'll say the Rise of Skywalker is just raw hatred, so that works. Um, I think, yeah, I think for this is a, I look back on it and I think I can't really look at this film critically because it's like a right, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, which is always a good way to start a sentence. Um, it's it's I don't know what it it, it feels like eating a beige meal. It's just really it's like it does the trick. But there's just no substance, and I've had it before. It's like eating a beautifully seen meal, but it doesn't. It tastes bland. Aesthetically and on the outside, it looks great. Okay, yeah, yeah. But when you actually, when you actually like get into it, it's a bit of a. It's 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 like it's like seeing a beautiful Sunday roast. It's like seeing a beautiful Sunday roast, and you cut in, and it's sawdust. That's yeah. that's how I describe yeah. the Force Awakens. Um, <laughs> do you have any points that you want to throw in before we sort of conclude on the Force Awakens? I don't think so. I think I've said everything. I just oh, on a, on a whole, I do have a lot of sentiment to this film, and you know it's probably worse than I than I say it is. But from what we spoke about, it kind of made me realise that I do really like that this film and. It does have a lot of good. It does have a lot of good things going for it. If you take mm. no, the film it does. on its, it does. if you take the film on its own before yeah. the other two came out, it I think a, it's a very nice <laughs> yeah. starting point. It, it leads a lo- as much as it doesn't set up loads, but there is enough room there to be able to work with. It's just a shame that it wasn't worked with very much. But on a whole, I, I, I do. I I, as its own film, I think it works. And it's enjoyable, yeah. and at the very worst, it's a, like a nice action romp you can just stick on and sort of just turn, like, just switch off and watch it and just enjoy it. Yeah, but yeah, if I I can't say too too much bad stuff about it because no, no, if it wasn't for that film, I, we I probably wouldn't be sitting here doing this review yeah. with you. Yeah, well, exactly, or any of um, the other reviews that we've done. Yeah, so or any enough. of the other reviews, or yeah, I just yeah, yeah I can't. I, that's for me. That's the biggest thing for that film is that yeah. it is so nostalgic, and it is what got me properly into Star Wars to le- to try and learn uh, as much as I could. Yeah, and that's that's. I mean, and I remember that because I remember talking to you before Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker came out, and you were like a you were like Wikipedia on legs. Of course, with, my with, one with, thing that I wanted, especially with lightsaber colors. 
and that's what this was about is saying the one thing that I wanted was I wanted a different lightsaber colour for both mm. films. Well, we did in the end, didn't we? Which I'm sure <laughs> you're a massive fan of. Oh, I love it. I mm. love it so much. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of any more points I have. Oh yeah, no, there is one for the Fossil Wings that I do have a point of, right? The idea of making um, a new like world-destroying base out of Ilum as a planet mm. is genius. Kyber yes. crystals is an old like kind of Jedi, planet. fantastic, and I really love that idea. I just I'm wish they'd mentioned it in the film. Yeah, at all, Again. or alluded to it at all. Like yeah. it feels like an afterthought. It's like, oh, that's a nice planet. We could just say that's yeah, that works. Hell yeah, everything Jedi. is an everything's an afterthought with with this this uh, this trilogy. Mm. And it yeah. I'm going to defend The Last uh, Jedi to my, like, dying breath. But yeah, sure. Um, I don't know what else I want to say. Yeah, it is. The Force Awakens, again, as I say, my problems with it are subconscious in the sense I just don't really enjoy it and I can't really put a finger on why. And the only thing I can think of, really, are those similarities to previous films. If it's between this and A New Hope, I'll just watch A New Hope. Yeah, exactly. Because for me, there's more iconography there. There's more enjoyment out of it. It's it's just, it's wholesome as, you know, it's it's brilliant. Um... Yeah, I, I, I don't really know what to say. I, I that, That's basically how I'd sort of round it off. I yeah. think I do enjoy it, and there's a lot of serviceable elements in this, but it's not, you know. I, I, I think we've got to move on, because I think we're, we're both yeah. quite dying to talk. I mean, I'm dying to talk about The Last Jedi, and I'm I, I don't know anything else to say about Force Awakens. It's yeah, like, me neither. I think. Yeah. So I, I think on that note, we're going to go on our first little break, and when we return, we're going to be talking about The Last Jedi. AKA the best film in this trilogy by a country mile. <laughs> See you in a minute. And welcome back from the little break. Hope you enjoyed yourself there. We're going to now talk about The Last Jedi, um, the next film in this trilogy. And as I said before, the best film in this trilogy, in my opinion, by a country mile. Um, which I'm just saying to just slightly get under, under <laughs> Cooper's skin. Before we start talking about this film properly, I love this film. I and, I and I didn't love it when I first saw it. And I'll admit that. I, I thought it was good and I enjoyed it. And I, and I think when I came out of the cinema, I was quite happy with it. But I think especially after seeing all of the criticism online and all this stuff, I started to be a bit like, uh, yeah, maybe it's not as good. And then over time, not liking it as much and being more critical. And now now that I'm older and wiser and have managed to grow some bum fluff, um, <laughs> I was going to say beard, but it's just not accurate, is it? Um, I'm... Yeah, there's no need for that, Cooper. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I can say that I I do enjoy about ninety percent of this film. It's gonna say ninety five, but I think that might be slightly inaccurate. Um, there's a, I think there's so much going for it, and I think I do th- I do genuinely believe it's a huge step up in cinematography. I think it's a huge step up in 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 character depth. I think it's a huge step up in story. I think there's so much to this film. Um, in the ways of subtlety, 
that I think the other two in this trilogy don't have as much of. Um, and I just love how this actually doesn't ignore the events of the prequels and takes it into account. Um, something that I was going to mention with The Force Awakens. Um, actually, before I, before I throw into that, what do you think about The Last Jedi, Cooper? What's your initial starting point on this? So, when I first watched it, I loved it. Then over time, you read the reviews, and I watched it again a few more times, and I was like, I don't really like this film, and I really didn't like the film. I just mm. thought there were so many issues with it. My two main gripes with the film were the two thi- the the two main things that they set up in Force Awakens. They completely shoot down in this film, which I'm personally not. Still to this day, I'm I'm not a huge fan of. And I think they're the best elements of the film. Damn, <laughs> this is gonna be a good review. Can't wait. Yeah. So yeah. So but then nope. Yeah. Say and then piece, we went to see when we went to see Rise of Skywalker. We watched it again, and do you know what? I will. I say to everyone, I have made peace with this film. Mm. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'll watch it and I'll enjoy it. Like literally, that's that's the TLDR of how I feel about Last Jedi. And that yeah. it has its issues. And uh, yeah, it has its issues. There are parts that I like. There are parts that I don't like. It's a beautiful film. But in the whole part, I will watch it. And it's kind of like it, it's a bit like how I feel with the Attack of the Clones. It's like. I don't absolutely love that film. It has its good. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I am not in any way saying that these films are close. Not in any way. Let's just get that out there. Saying, but it's the same kind yeah. of lo- not love, not hate relationship. If that makes sense. Okay. But at least with Attack of the Clones, you have something good afterwards. So. Mm, very true. Very true. Yeah. And I think this, ignoring the the sort of comments on the whole trilogy and how it wraps up and how that affects this film, because I think we've talked about that enough with the Force Awakens and kind of got mm. a point across there. With this film, and I'm, I'm very interested to talk to you then about the two things that you mentioned there, the two big things, but I will say at the same time that I think I was in a similar book to you. I didn't hate it as much, but you know, I, I, could, see the, I could see the issues with it. Um, or, again, I, I don't even know if i call them issues now, because I think when I rewatched it in the cinema with you, I I think we both came out of it and were like, that was a lot better than I remember, actually. What the yeah. hell? That, that was really, genuinely pretty good. And I think over time... I've come to appreciate it a lot more. I think I've definitely made peace with a lot of Star Wars since yeah. since like that event. I think I mean, maybe it's, I'm going to call it the Rise of Skywalker effect <laughs> because I feel like when you see that, when you, you look back and go, bottom. I didn't know we had it so good. <laughs> when you when you hit rock bottom, you appreciate the stuff that you exactly. thought was rock bottom. Exactly. Exactly. You appreciate the the beautiful uh, plated sawdust when you have to eat a solid plate of shit. Um, I, I, yeah, the last with the last Jedi, I think I, I've grown to appreciate it more. And when I rewatched it last year, uh, alongside Force Awakens, I actually really did love it. And I have to say, it's probably up there as one of my favorite Star Wars films. It may even be in a top five. I don't even know. I, I think I'm actually going to double check my my letterbox to just make sure I'm being accurate. But I think oh, it genuinely never... might be top five. Nah, it's definitely not top five. Do you not think? Nah, not for me. Um. I'm trying to think where it is for me. Hang on, I'll just scroll well back. I haven't watched Star Wars in a, in a while. Oh, yeah, it is. In fact, oh, blimey. Yeah, this is a... <laughs> yeah, I might need to rewatch some films because I'm not sure about that. Um, it's currently fourth place on my list. What's above it? And what's what's one below, What's the fifth one and what's three, two, and one? Fifth one is Revenge of the Sith, which is the one I'm not sure about. I feel like that might be higher. See, I think with that, though, it's like 
do you do you review it as a film or do you review it as a Star Wars film? Because as yeah, a film, and that's Revenge it. Of the as Sith a film, it's not. And awful. I think that's probably what I was thinking when I put this in here is that actually, as a film, yeah, it is. But as a Star Wars film, it's brilliant. But above it, in third place is Rogue One. Second place is Empire. Oh yeah, and then first place is New Hope, which is the original. Yeah, and it, it's a that's a bit of a weirdly controversial one. I know a lot of people don't agree with that. Everyone says Empire is the best, or Rogue One, or Revenge of the Sith. That's the usual three. I think for me, there's something really charming about the original Star Wars that just is so beautiful. Um, probably again why I'm so critical of the Force Awakens if I love that one so much. Um, yeah. With the Last Jedi, though, yeah, for me, it's up there, and it's it's one of my faves, and it's not. I, maybe it's part of me going, yeah, I want to be controversial. I, want, I, I don't want people to like my opinions. But I think part of it is a genuine appreciation for this film. Um, I'm interested to dive directly into what you were saying before um, about the parentage and Snoke stuff. Because there's two big things there that, at the time, I probably would have agreed with you. I think is a wasted opportunity. I disagree now, but I want to I hear what you, like, specifically what like sort of gripes you about that now. When you come out of when you come out of Force Awakens, for me, the two main things were, who is Snoke? You've set up this big leader, this this big overarching. He mm-hmm. is the he's he is the Palpatine of this era, and Palpatine is a beautiful and a stunning character. Mm. Snoke was that kind of opportunity, and they had so much potential to do anything with it. They they didn't give anything away in Force Awakens, but to then just kill him off, which when they kill him off. It, it's a great scene, but when they kill him off in Last Jedi, it leaves me empty. I feel like we got nothing from it, and nor did we get any information about him. Obviously, there's more now further on, but I also think that Rise of Skywalker doesn't help with that. I know you said that hmm. it's gotten better over time with what they've added to it, but for me, it hasn't. They killed what I I found most I was most passionate about in the first film, and especially with the raised parents thing, they just said oh they're nobodies they're absolutely nobodies yes that would have worked but you would have had to build more around them being nobodies because you can't in the era that we are in star wars you can't have four sensitive parents who are nobodies they have to be related to someone whether it's a youngling that escaped the temple never never did any anything like whether they escaped nothing they have to be related to someone okay that's so, my... Uh, no, 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 it's good, it's good. And I'm now going to back on that. I'm going to start with mm-hmm. the Snoke thing, because I think that's probably the easiest thing for me to kind of, like, push back on is... I With with the Snoke thing, I love Snoke as a character. I thought he was so cool, and I and I was a bit disappointed to see him killed off. But then you think about it, and then I look back and you go, well, if you look at the original trilogy, ignoring the prequels, because this was the case for about 20 years, it was just those three films, Palpatine was introduced in episode five as a sort of hologram ominous figure that the bad guy with the with the red laser sword sort of looks up to so that's what we get in the force awakens with snow mm-hmm. in episode six he's an ominous figure we don't know anything about his backstory but it's a cool figure that, that taunts you know luke the hero and the villain it plays on both of their feelings and their pulls to the light and the dark and then he's killed off and we don't know anything about him He's just the Emperor. He's just a mysterious guy who has this like lightning pack. That's all it is to him. And I think, for me, Snoke was never supposed to be the focus of the trilogy. Uh, even as a villain, I think he services... He, 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 he services a, as a plot device for a lot of it. Um, 
But I and I understand there's a level of it where with with Clone Wars and with Rebels, and we're so used to having backstories and explanations for everyone. And a part of me agrees with that. I would like to have eventually seen where Snoke came from, and I'm disappointed that he is just a clone that Palpatine made. That's annoying. I would have liked to have seen a backstory, but I think killing him off in this film, that, that for me isn't the issue, because you need Kylo Ren to step up. If you have the same thing of Kylo Ren, you know, it, Snoke survives till the last film, gets a bit of explanation on his backstory, and Snoke's the bad guy and Kylo Ren turns to the light, then it's the same thing we had with like Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. The the twist here, the the whole film, the rise of the, the Last Jedi, the whole film is doing the opposite of what the Force Awakens did, which in some cases works, and it does I think flows well from Force Awakens to this, where it does try and use this this thing of like let the past die, which doesn't always work in every context or any every sense of the word, but I like the fact that it is trying something new, which is what this film is all about to me. Um, with the Snoke thing, the twist is that he dies. And the twist is that actually Kylo Ren is stepping up. He's not becoming good. He's he's stepping up. In the sense that the Force has to be balanced. That's what the whole franchise has been about. Um, the power that Kylo Ren and, and, and Snoke had, you know, that, that so it almost balances itself out. When Rey rises up, that's how she rises up, because they are so strong on one side. Luke's cut himself off from the Force. The only outlet for the, the light side of the Force is Rey, and then back forward. To be that powerful, overarching leader, he needs to kill Snoke. He needs to be the, the, the Sith. How they handle that in The Rise of Skywalker doesn't quite work, but you get what I mean. I don't think the, the killing off of Snoke is a technically bad point. I'm a bit disappointed we didn't get to see more of the character. But I actually think what's tarnished more is how the Rise of Skywalker handled the reveal that, oh, he's a clone. I made Snoke. That's all you get. That's his backstory, <laughs> ladies and gents. That's boring. I mean, come on. Like, do something with it. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you on that. But I think The Last Jedi, I think, and I didn't agree with this at the time because I just love evil, old, creepy guys. I think that's I really thought, that's a, mm. <laughs> Don't take that out of context, guys. That's great. Yeah. Um... What I mean is, I, I just, I, I love in, in media these, like, just sort of un- unequivocally evil characters. Like, Palpatine is, like, classic. And Snoke is sort of the same. He's, like, an architect, like, similar to, to Palpatine, and I think that really worked. But I, I, I can see where you're coming from. But for me, I, I think that if it did the same thing, it would have been exactly the same as the original trilogy, and it would have just yeah. been Palpatine again. Yeah, give him backstory, but that's, you know... The way you look at it is, there could have been a really interesting backstory. It's not The Last Jedi that took that away it was Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. it didn't need to show that in yeah. this film because it's not about him it's about Kylo Ren stepping up and being the dark side the parent thing is the more difficult one because it is just whatever you think works with the character I I'll, I'll say I, I don't agree with the idea that like you have to come from a force sensitive family to have force abilities I, I don't necessarily that, yeah, agree with that. I'll, I'll let you, and then we can... Yeah. Because I feel like, well, yeah, you could say a youngling ran away from the set, but where do those younglings come from? Because not their parents weren't necessarily Jedis. I know there's all the whole Legends thing about you know, the Skywalkers, but Shmi wasn't Force-sensitive, as far as we're aware in canon. Mm-hmm. You you know, other younglings, they come from a home, they're the high midichlorian count, whether you like that decision or not, that's what it is. And they're taken away from their family and brought to the Jedi Temple and they cut off from connections and, and all that sort of thing. Um, 
and it's, it's the problem I have with the Rise of Skywalker is that it makes Rey like part of the, the royal family of either Palpatine to Skywalkers. It's not like Star Wars to me isn't like Game of Thrones. It doesn't have to be everyone needs to be important and connected to the same family tree. The idea for, of Rey being a no one, I think, works because it's a twist because it catches the audience off guard. You go into this film expecting, oh, is she a Skywalker? Is she going to be Obi-Wan's granddaughter? Is she going to be Palpatine's granddaughter? <laughs> you know? And it turns out, no, she's, not. <clears throat> she's, she's, she's no one. She was the outlet that the Force used to, to, to balance, you know, the, the Force, the, the balance of the Force has always been the thing. The reason Palpatine was able to destroy the Jedi is because he was the, one of the only outlets, one of two outlets in that era to combat against every Jedi. Like, it balances itself like that. There wasn't balance at the end of Return of the Jedi because Luke was the only Jedi. And that was the only Force-sensitive person we knew of. When, Kyle, when the Jedi Temple's wiped out and Luke cuts himself off, the only outlet left is there's, there's no outlet. So Rey, as a nobody is picked up on it as anyone could be and yeah you could argue that it might work better having her from a royal bloodline but i think the reason it works is because that's what no one expects and it for me made ray a better character because that is the most difficult thing she as a character could hear because she, not just the audience, but she was so fascinated with the idea of who are my parents? Why did they leave me? They're, they're, they're like, they're going to come back one day. This pos- this optimism, this constant optimism. I want to go back to the Jakku because they're going to find me. They're going to pick me up. They're going to, we're going to have a happy family all over again. She's been there for years. The, the worst thing, the most difficult thing for this character to hear, the worst thing for her to go through would be to find out that her parents were nobodies. They sold her for scrap. You know. That's my argument, but I can understand with the parent thing, it is just personal what what you get out of it. I think for me, it's I like the fact that it is a difficult thing for her to hear. That's true. You, you, her, and the audience want to know who her parents are, but it's not important because they're, they're they're nobodies. I think for for me, it's not. It, thinking about it now, it's like it's not fully to do with their family or nobodies. I think. Mm. <clears throat> It's a, a slight underwhelming thing because mm. with, with Force Awakens, there is so much set up. Like, yeah. she is drawn to Luke's lightsaber. She, uh, like, obviously there's the balance of the Force thing, but she is she is really gifted when it comes to it. And then for them to come to Last Jedi and it to be near the, n- near the end of the film, she turns around and goes, uh, Kylo Ren turns around and goes, do you want to know who your family are? They're nobodies. The soldier for scrap you'll never see mm. them again like that that is that is it mm. which yes i get is the plus twist thing but at the same time it's like if you're gonna do you are a nobody kind of amplify that because everything you have said works works really well and i do like the idea of her being a nobody and she has to come to that but yeah kind of use that more you're gonna mm. do it to her being a nobody kind of play with it more and make sure that the audience kind of know that she is this nobody, but she is a, a gifted person. Don't mm. just be. Don't just have it be two minutes when they're trying to grab a lightsaber. Yeah, no, I think there's there's element there's elements of it, and I, and I agree with you on that. I think there's if you get you know go ham with it. I think the opportunity yeah. wasn't given because they changed it so quickly in Rise of Skywalker. Now say about that what you will. I think I would have much rather have had, and obviously I like this position anyway. But I'm sure you're in the same boat here, where it's like you probably would have much rather they just stuck with their guns and made her a nobody yeah. than make her a Palpatine at the last minute. Yeah. And again, 
that's more of a criticism for that film because there's a lot to say about that film and a lot of what it changes and what it does and it's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. But I think The Last Jedi, for me, its most interesting elements are how it does actually flow from The Force Awakens, yet makes decisions that are different and that do surprise you. You know, people criticise The Force Awakens and myself included for being too much like A New Hope. But then a lot of people criticise The Last Jedi for not being enough like the original trilogy. Yeah. So there, where's the middle ground? I think there's there's some fantastic ideas in this. There are some flaws as well, and we'll talk about Canto Bite in just a bit. But I think um, with with the characterization of, of um, Luke, I think there's a big thing, and a lot of people take a lot of issue over this. I think the characterization of Luke in this is absolute perfection. I, I genuinely think, like the last again, it's that audience expectation thing. The audience in this is Ray. And I think that's an important note to think when you're going into this, is that the audience wants to know about Rey's parentage. The audience wants Luke Skywalker to pick up his lightsaber and do exactly what he does at the end of the film. Yeah. Face off against the First Order, be awesome and cool, and it's at the Avengers. You know, it doesn't... like. For, what's brilliant about this is it goes, that's what Rey wants, that's what the audience wants. Luke is explaining why that isn't going to work. He is cutting himself off. He's a man who has gone through this. He has cut himself off from the Force. He's in isolation. You know. And that's it's brilliant. And I think Mark Hamill gives an absolutely stellar performance. As a man who's not in much as an actor. Especially not in much that's very serious. I think this is probably... It's probably one of his best serious performances. I think it's genuinely brilliant how well he captures that broken hero you know what happens to the hero after the hero's journey yeah the classic formula the classic thing is like you know the all oh, classic romps okay this is 20 30 years after and everything he's done built up a new jedi order it's all gone because his nephew that he trained that he had responsibility for has wiped out everyone and the empire's back and it's more dangerous than ever and they've wiped out the new republic they didn't even have to play the politics game to get into power this time. They just wiped out the New Republic. What can he do? What? How would he feel? He wouldn't go, Oh, sure, yeah, I'm glad you found my old lights. Oh, yeah, of course. I don't know why I didn't think of that before. No. Like, of course he fucking wouldn't. It doesn't, really, doesn't make any sense. And I, and I know that's something a lot of people had. And I, I remember at the time, all oh, grumpy old Luke. I'm like, yeah, but, like, that's... That's the point. <laughs> and I think the... You know, again, I think... It, I don't know. It, it plays into that. And I and I love how they use Luke in this. And I love how it pays off. I think the the sequence on Crate... And we're jumping forward a little bit. But the sequence on Crate at the end of the film... I think is one of my favourite sequences in Star Wars. I think it's one of the most creative. And it's one of the most clever. Again, pulling the rug under the audience... Yet again, keeping you guessing, keeping your expectations, just out, throwing your expectations out completely out the window. Yeah. It says in the trailer all the time, it's like, you know, this isn't going to go the way you think. And it doesn't. And that's bang on, it doesn't. And I like that about this film. The sequence on Crate where they're sort of standing off and Luke's there with his fixed lightsaber and it, he's not making any imprints on the Like, it's so obvious yet, no one clicked. And you have that whole sequence where he's dodging the lightsaber, and it looks incredible. I remember sitting now that I can't believe, like, he's, he's not even. It's such a creative way to do a lightsaber fight. He's just dodging it. Yeah. He's not even. <clears throat> he's just dodging it because he's that good. I'm like, damn right. And then it, you know, it goes right through, and I'm like, that's perfect. That's. 
so clever and that 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 note that it leaves on where he says see you around kid and then disappears i think it's bloody brilliant um great uh, just as a planet is beautiful it's an I, absolutely stunning whole, planet everything, it's one of my favorite planets yeah everything uh, they do on the planet i think is is genuinely brilliant yeah uh mm, my okay minus yeah, one mm, thing um, but yeah, i don't know if, i don't know if we're on the same page with that one but i will yeah I'll, I'll, i don't know if we're on the same page but i'm going to what's gonna, your for me, the thing I don't like is the Venom Rose thing. Oh, yeah it's, called, yeah, it's a human being, yeah. Yeah, so I want to kind of leave that for its own thing because I feel like okay, that's going to yeah. be a discussion cool. in itself. But mm-hmm. I, I think the rest of it with Kray, I think, is a, is a phenomenal sequence. And, I, and I, I don't know how you feel about Luke, but I think the way he's handled in this film is honestly um, like close to sublime for me. I think it's genuinely yeah. incredibly well handled, and I think... I I am super happy with it, and I love yeah I love him showing up in the Mandalorian and kicking ass right. That's more fan service. This is character. This yeah. is character. This is this is development. This is this is proper filmmaking to me. Mm. This is like how you do it. This is what you actually. This is you wouldn't just show up and face down the first order. Why in any? Why would he? Why would he be isolating if he was, you know? Yeah. Anyway, I think, for, I think at the time yeah. for me, I, I all I wanted was Luke to come back and kick ass but we all wanted that as i've gotten yeah. older i've definitely and i think it definitely came down to when we rewatched it at the age that i was it, i was definitely um more open yeah. to it and it was mm. a lot it, it definitely hit home more yeah 100 percent. i think when if you go into it with a sort of you know um like an open mind and you really like it, I think it has a different effect when you, you you watch it and you really like, especially with Luke's character. The rest the rest of the stuff you know, it's a personal opinion. With Luke, I think it is. I can't. I look back now and think, I genuinely believe. And as much as this might be a controversial opinion or whatever, but I genuinely believe to the people who still stand by now and are like, oh, like grumpy Luke, and that's not his character, and he's done so much better in the Mandalorian. I'm like. I just don't feel like you get it. I feel like that's mm-hmm. you want fan service. Then you're also criticizing fan service. Yeah. This challenges the audience, and that's what I want. That's what you should want films to do. Like, I, that's the, that's what really sets Star Wars apart from stuff like Marvel. Is Marvel, you know, is is great. There's some fantastic Marvel films, and there's some fantastic moments in them. Some of them probably more consistently better than Star Wars, right? But it is very the same. It's very audience pleasing. It's very ah reference, reference. Oh, cool, right? With this, it's it's actually challenging the audience a bit, and it's doing something different that you don't expect. It's character development. It's it character development, and absolutely and it, perfectly done character development. And I can I, I want to see more of this, Luke. I want to see more of how he got to that. I want to see more of that Jedi Temple stuff. That intrigues me. Way more than the character that we got in the original trilogy, which was just the archetype of a hero, mm-hmm. like an imp- like and again, like little things, like even in the original trilogy, Luke was impatient. He yeah. didn't listen, you know. He t- he made rash decisions even against Luke- his master's advice. Like that was hundred percent it. Luke through the whole original trilogy, though, like he's always been a character that had like the the character development by the by the end of. Uh, by Return of the Jedi, he's a completely different character than what you meet in New Hope. He's genuinely swaying between the light and the dark side. Mm. But this is what we're seeing now is just a different form of that. It is he's gone through something else and he's in another type of turmoil. And that, and that impulsive decision where he pulls his lightsaber out for a split second 
and then regrets it for mm-hmm. like striking Kylo Ren is almost shot for shot what happens in Return of the Jedi. So I don't understand. I mean, like where he's with Vader, yeah, and he sees Vader's hand and he's got mm-hmm. his lightsaber and he's like slashing out like in anger. Yeah, he doesn't want to. He said before he doesn't want to kill his own dad. He wants to bring him over to the light side. Yet in this moment, he's about to kill Darth Vader and stops himself. Yeah. Because he knows that's wrong. And he does that with Kylo Ren. And it's the same. I don't understand how people can look at that and go, oh, that's not how Luke would act. I'm like, that's exactly what Luke would do. Are you kidding me? If Luke had suspicions of, like, Ben being turned to the dark side, the reason Ben's being trained is because Leia suspects that he's being turned to the dark side. That's said in the film. Luke's got this pressure anyway. He knows this. And if he feels like he's losing him, and he's got that turmoil, he doesn't want his entire legacy to be destroyed... And undone. He makes an impulsive decision before immediately regretting it. Yeah, Luke is it, Luke it, does that. Luke is not perfect. He never was in the originals, and he's not here. I will die on this hill. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell. I am very passionate about yeah. the Luke stuff because it doesn't make sense to me. Maybe at the time when I watched it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I get it." Now I've had more time to think about it. Now it's really like set in. I'm like, I hate what they do with Luke in Rise of Skywalker. We'll get to that. I, I hate it. I actually actively despise it. And it's, for me, one of the worst parts of that film because it totally undoes what's happening. Right. Anyway, <laughs> talking about a negative part of this film, though, um, or uh, some capacity a negative part, let's talk about, um, in terms of characters, Finn and Poe. Finn and Poe? Finn and Rose, Rose that's it. Because um, this is the thing, I, th- I feel like, again, it's a one where I definitely didn't like. And I think a lot of people didn't like, initially. Yeah. Um, I, I remember comparing the sequence on Canto Bite very similar to that of like a prequels kind of thing, like an Attack of the Clones vibe with yeah. those like horse things. Where where do you stand on this like now? I'd like to preference first, as much as I don't like what they did with Finn and Rose, mm. the mm. actress who plays Rose did not deserve to get yeah. any of the hate that she got for this. Oh yeah. Like it was completely and utterly awful. She, the, she yeah. The attacks and the hate that she got for this. As much as I don't I, it's just stupid. Like yeah, it's not her fault there, at the, all. There was for, ba- for those who aren't aware, there was, there was bounds and bounds of of, of racism and mm-hmm. uh, genuine hor- horrible racism, sexism horrible. directed at the actress herself on social media, um, because they didn't like her character in the film. And like, I don't love what they do with the character in the film, but there's absolutely no like place to be treated. And Star Wars fans should know better after Jake Lloyd, right? You should know better. And I and I and I know, I know like she's not a kid. But there's a difference between criticism and like racism and sexism. There's there's a difference of that, yeah. and it's bullying, quite frankly. And again, just on a totally separate note, I mean, like the, the whole Jake Lloyd thing. That's terrifying, and it makes me worry for like the young lad who's playing Luke in the Obi Wan series. It yeah. really worries me because Jake Lloyd's life is is, is destroyed because of Star Wars yeah. and because of Star Wars fans. He got bullied, and that's that's you know, yeah. same guy with the guy who played Jar Jar Binks, like you know, Even almost Hayden completely. Christensen? Yeah, I mean, I think didn't Hayden... like people didn't like the way Anakin was portrayed yeah. in those films, and they took it. Hayden Hayden's, Hayden's never spoken out about it, but there's like there's prob- there probably will be things there. Like the guy who played Jar Jar Binks, like Armored Best, I think his name is. Yeah, I think he's talked. I think he's talked about like like contemplating suicide and stuff before. Yeah, because of Star Wars. And it's because of the way the fans... So it, 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 I will say, no matter what we say critically about these characters, and just generally with these reviews, and any reviews that I do on Spillier Beans, 
it's not like a personal attack at the actor themselves or any of the people behind the scenes. Um, I, I I think the person who plays Rose is capable of better, but it's 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 it's, it's not. A my issue isn't of... with the character; it's with the the way that it's not the way that the character's played. It's the it's if the story, yeah. a standalone character. I would have really liked it. I like the idea of it being kind of this, this nobody janitor character who comes in the spotlight. I'm just mm-hmm. not a fan of what they do with the two of them because I feel like it's very forced onto me in that film. With it only being yeah. a two-hour film and her not being in the first one, not having anything from the first one, it's a bit like, oh my God, all of a sudden, all this has happened. Oh my God, he's going to die. Oh my God, save your life. Her, like her, her character for me is, is comparable in a... In a structural sense to Lando Calrissian who doesn't have any mention in the first film mm-hmm. and then shows yeah. up in the second as a, as a new main character. My issue here is um, I think again with, with some of the sequences it's just not that entertaining and it's a bit cheesy and it takes away from the more serious aspects of the film. Yeah, Admittedly you know you can you can debate that whatever you want. I think the Cantobite sequence is poor and I, but I actually think out of the three characters, I actually prefer what they do with Finn and Rose over the Codebreaker or DJ or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. I hate that character. I, I despise that character. that character. Yeah, which says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. I think like Rose's story of catching Finn, like, like Finn waking up after the Star Killer base thing, he was only in the Resistance to save to save Ray. Mm. Yeah, Rose looks at him as like a like a war hero already. Yeah. And he's like deserting, and I think that's a fascinating concept. And this film and the connection between them brings them together and, and makes Finn realize at least that actually there is something worth fighting for here. It's not now. I don't. I don't particular. I don't like the crate sequence with them too. I don't like that. I don't like the whole. Do. It feels very. That feels very forced with the whole like. That's how we win the war, not by killing the things we hate, but by saving what we love or whatever. That's whatever it was. Something like that. Um, but I think the idea is there, and I think her reacting so harshly to Finn after her sister has just died in like a bombing run, I yeah. think is fair enough. Yeah. I actually like the dynamic between them to that extent, but it doesn't feel like there's enough developed. It's like the concepts are there, it's all on paper, the actors are good, but something something feels missing. And that's for me, that's all it is. It's. I'd liked it. I disliked it a lot more strongly when I first watched it. Now I'm a bit more like, eh, it's just yeah, something's so. missing, and I don't enjoy it. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it, it's it's their story for me is about is Finn's development, and it's kind of what I was alluding to when we talked about the Force Awakens. Is that actually I like what the Last Jedi does with Finn because what it does is it turns him. For, he was just in it for Ray. Like the whole thing was like when he went to Starkiller Base, he was there to get Ray, and then he's yeah. out. That's what he said. Same as Han Solo. Mm-hmm. He's like a smuggler. He's, he's off. The only reason yeah. he stuck around with the resistance in the first place after Takodana and Mars's uh, castle, he was gonna he was gonna run away. Remember, and then yeah. Ray got captured by the First Order. Yeah. With this is this is him going from a deserter and a nobody to being part of the resistance. Yeah. Full, you know. Full, yeah. Full fledged, and that's to me that's what I like about what they do with this character. Now, they don't do anything with either of these characters in the Rise of Skywalker, which I think severely damages what they do in The Last Jedi because it just goes nowhere. And I mean, it's not. this isn't like changing things. This is just nowhere because they get... No, I mean, especially Rose. God bless her. Like I She has th- nothing in The Rise of I, Skywalker. I think it's terrible that they did that as well because they basically saw horrible. everyone not not uh, liking her and gone, oh, okay, you're not in it now. Like That's, that's just how it feels in 
and again, we'll get to the Rise of Skywalker because it's yeah. one of the many, many issues with that. But it's it's a it's the <clears throat> knee jerk response of not Rise of Skywalker that makes it poor. I think the Last Jedi is a film that was it is better than what people probably remember, and I think it deserves a more respect. I think in the sense of yeah, maybe it's not perfect. Yeah, it does have a lot of things that are out there. Um, but I think it's a film that people shat on a lot of the time like really really jumped on um and and, and disliked and 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 completely ripped into um and i think a lot of it was based on expectations yeah. oh, i was expecting luke to face i was expecting this i was expecting that and that's absolutely fine to have those criticisms and and as you say like you've made that point of this very valid criticisms you've had there with the whole race parent thing and then the snoke thing but i think there's some element of it where Fans and the online community blew it out of proportion. As soon as something's vaguely unpopular, everyone jumps on it. Oh, it's the worst Star Wars film. Oh, these are terrible. It's bully all the actors. It's like, come on. It's yeah. not even that. It's like, looking at it now, it's actually, for me, easily the best of the trilogy. I think cinematography, I think music as well, is something I'll get onto with Rise of Skywalker in a negative yeah. sense. But the music is excellent in The Last Jedi. The, the way they yeah. use some of the classic oh, stuff. Doubt, yeah. Luke and Leia's theme when Luke yeah. walks in is beautiful the music when luke stands down kylo incredible um one more thing i will say about this is i love what this film does with paul dameron i think actually giving him more of a character mm -hmm. and setting him up to be the leader i think works mm -hmm. how do you feel about uh, paul dameron i think you you they've got a bit of I got no, a vibe. The, uh, what i was going to say was i was going to ask you a question mm. how do you feel about the the sequence when he gets like stripped of his his honor and then you know the, the woman with the big hair and then she sacrifices herself for the ship so everyone gets off. Okay. Because I know her character as well mm. was quite a controversial one. Definitely. Definitely. Because um, uh, I know at the time I didn't really like her, but now I do quite like her because she I, does... Yeah. She... she her. It's it, a, I think I was young when I first saw this film and I was like, oh, anyone who affects the main character I don't like. But yeah. now it's like that character... She's is, supposed is to be well like that. And it's, and it's what the character's meant to yeah. be like, yeah. Uh, I think for me, the one thing I will say is it doesn't make any sense as to why she didn't tell Paul the plan. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you can argue the Paul like going against Leia's orders and taking out a like a, a dreadnought, I think it was called, uh, yeah. at the beginning of the film uh, against Leia's orders and getting him demoted was the last thing that Leia did in power. And yeah. why should the new general trust this guy? Why? Why should? Why should she? And I get that because, in in one sense, actually, I I love Paul as a character, but the the failed general side of him is what makes his character great. I think. Um, uh, I think like what he does with again that that opening sequence of the dreadnought, that impulse of like we've got to blow it up, we can do that. It's like that's a very, again a very it's what the audience expects. It's what the audience oh let's blow up the big ship. It's like, but actually, it's pointless because the ships and the people that would have been killed by this dreadnought in the future, you've just killed anyway in this attack. Look how many yeah. people we lost. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of heroes on that mission, dead heroes. Yeah. That's so... It's clever. Um, and I like that, and I like what it does for Paul's character. However, again, the Rise of Skywalker does nothing with it, so doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I, on a, on again, a, uh... yeah... On a side note for the Dreadnought thing, uh, has nothing to do with any of the films, but uh, the development that they add in Battlefront 2 uh, DLC campaign for the Dreadnought plans, 
and how it is, perfectly links into. Is that not? Um, it is Last Jedi. It's Force the open... Awakens, isn't it? No, no, it's not. It's not the opening. I could have sworn it was for the Star Killer base. No, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's the opening to. Well, because I thought it was because it's supposed to be like right before because it's at the Star Killer base and then they. Yeah, yeah, but Cause isn't the, yeah because the, 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 re- yeah, the reason the dread the base campaign there. the base campaign is the is the story just after um Return of they the Jedi. destroy Death Star two yeah, yeah. but the, they do a DLC for it yeah. where yeah. Uh, that character I thought it was to do with how they destroy the dreadnought well I thought well no because I thought it was Starkiller base because that's that that made sense of how they had those plans already the reason like the dreadnought was just there I think they, I don't know maybe I'm wrong I I always assume because I think the the way this film starts is just immediately after the last is they'd already trapped the resistance back to the base. Mm-hmm. They already knew where they were. They, Maybe. Should I Google it and find out? I'm, I'm trying to consider... I, I think... We'll do it in the break out in between them. Yeah. But I, I think it's... I, I'm... Mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong. It's That's one just of the other I remember because- it. Yeah, I think it's. I, I'm sure bad. it's. I'm sure it's the for, for the Force Awakens. But either way, it's a great yeah. like campaign battlefront yeah. too. Um, and it really does add to the story. I think so. Yeah. No. Great. Uh, great stuff. I'm trying to think. Go on. One more thing. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about the force sensitive boy with the broom at the end? Don't mind it. Because this. Don't mind this, it. This was. Didn't like it at the time. Didn't like it yep. at the time. But given what I said about Ray's parentage, I like the idea. If anything, actually, that is a better ending yeah. than what we got at the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. The idea that hope the next lives generation. on. To, to anyone, anyone, it's only a simple thing of like the, the broom falls into his hand and you, know, you get that implication, and he's got the resistance mm-hmm. or the, the the rebellion ring. Yeah. Um, there's the idea there that it's anyone can be the, ne- the, the a new hope. You I know think I mean? that it might be my favorite story element of that film. Really? Because yeah. I thought you were gonna go. I the way you phrased that, I was expecting you to go like the opposite. At the time, I didn't like it. Which no. was I didn't either. I didn't get it. I was like, film. why is that in there? But looking back on it now, it like mm. perfectly... It was perfectly set up like like to do a TV show or obviously it would be another film, but it's so beautifully done with like, there is hope. There will always be hope out there. That's it. There will always be someone and there are. there's always the next generation. It does set up this and especially with what happens with Luke, where you found out about the rage and with Kylo Ren, mm. it kind of sets up that despite one failure, it's not the Jedi aren't wiped out. There will always be the next generation and there will always be this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I agree. And I think it could have played into the Rise of Skywalker really well if it got picked up in Rise of Skywalker. I don't think there's anything about this specific character, but I think it's the idea of hope living no, on. Yeah, but it's and idea. it's the idea of, again, that it doesn't matter who your parents are. You don't have to be part of the Skywalker or Palpatine bloodline to be a powerful Jedi or a powerful Sith. It's like you... It's like the Force manifests itself and, and branches out in different ways. Um, and that's it. I sort of see it as like a... You know, like a balancing act. You know what I mean? So you balance a pencil on your hand or like a scales. It's like it's yeah. got a... It tries always... It's like a self, self-aware self set of scales that always balances yeah. itself. But it's dependent on the factors that don't know about this balance. Mm-hmm. And balancing the Force doesn't mean all the Jedi win, as they learn in the prequels. And as Luke learned, that's a narrow-minded view that doesn't work. 
Yeah. So I would argue, and this leads right into The Rise of Skywalker, I would argue this trilogy's focus and that where it concluded should have been Rey accepting her place as a grey Jedi and building a new generation of students with teachings from the dark side and the light to create true balance in every Force user. So it's a genuine conclusion. It's not about going on forever, it's not about hope in the next generations, but it's about that conclusion of, okay, this is the end of this saga, and you want true balance to the Force? That's it. It's the ideals of the old Jedi text that she reads, but with the compassion and allowing for emotions hmm. which uh, the like the original Jedi's, the prequel Jedi's don't don't allow. You can break it down in any way. I mean it's clever any way you look at it. It's all so well thought out. And I think the prequels again, it makes the prequels look better when you look back at this stuff because it does make yeah. sense. And you look back at the failures of the prequels as they the Jedi were too they were too egotistical. They were too like they they loved themselves. They they thought they were on top of it all. They couldn't possibly imagine the idea of the Sith coming back and destroying them. But yeah. that's because they couldn't see that the Force manifests itself in that way. A, tr- a chosen one that brings balance to the Force isn't about making everyone good and killing all the Sith. It's about balancing the Force, light yeah. and dark. If you've got a hundred Jedi out there and you've got one Palpatine. Who's going to win in a 1v1 fight, right? Yeah, the one who's got the entire balance of the Sith on him. Yeah. As he says, by the end of Rise of Skywalker, the one thing I do like is he's all the Sith. He's got all that balance. He's got all that dark side. Like, that's that's him. Don't like the specific literal reading of that, but sure. (laughs) It's, for me, where it should have went is that understanding of the originals. They understood you could have that connection with with friends and that thing. It's not about cutting yourself off entirely. But the... The showcase in that is that doesn't work. Bringing balance isn't about wiping out the Sith, because it will manifest itself. Because it's a yeah. it's a it's a it's a force quite literally that you can't control. It's actually a little species of things called midichlorians, yeah. but you know, there's this own no, thing. No, it's and... not. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, no. no. I they do, isn't that? Don't they do that in this film? Don't they, they talk do mention, about the Force? They, they do mention... I think they mention midichlorians, don't they? Do they not talk about the Force, though, but they deliberately ignored midichlorians? Yeah, but I think it still works in the sense of, yeah. like, being... I mean, there's a fantastic video, which I'll send you after, which got uploaded very recently, actually. Um, actually, I'll tell you what. Cut that out. I'll use that. In the, I'll talk about that in the break. It's pointless to out here. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else we want to say about The Last Jedi? Um... um before we move on, because I feel like we've kind of covered all ground. There's really, so much yes. to say about it, but I feel like a lot of the things yeah. we can say will also be addressed in the Rise of Skywalker part. So every issue that to I have with these two films is directly linked to the Rise of Skywalker because it's all to do with how it ends. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, I think the the Last Jedi is underrated, and I think people should give it more of a chance and go in a bit more mm-hmm. open-minded with it. Um, and there's Absolutely. elements there that. Yeah. I mean, just generally, I think there's a lot of elements there that... And you can read into it either way. You can look at some stuff that, that supports your, your thinking. Yeah. You can look at stuff that opposes your thinking. You can change your mind all the time. It's what I've done. You know, I didn't like certain elements, yeah. and I, now I do. I can't do that with The Rise of Skywalker, and there are reasons for that. And that's probably why time hasn't healed it. And we'll talk yeah. about that in just a minute. So I think, yeah... Yeah, I think what you were saying with Batman before about how it sets up so much in the first film, I feel like these two, if you take everything that's set up in these two films, as much as obviously we talk about how we, people are fans and not fans of what they do with Snoke and stuff mm. like that, but there are, it does leave enough to have done and used for the last film. 
Yeah. Like it does leave it with the nice point, like with Ray. You could have, like you could have rounded this off with the Grey Jedi thing, with the students, with Luke's death, with. And like, don't yeah. don't get me wrong. The Last Jedi isn't perfect, right? Again, there's it's absolutely perfect, no yeah. mention or visualization of the Knights of Ren, a wasted concept. Captain Phasma, absolutely. a wasted character. So there's yeah. other. There's, there's not. It, it's all there. It's just. There's there's enough there that leads on nicely from Force Awakens where there could have been an, a, a nice lead on for the sequel. Yeah. Knights of Ren, I completely forgot that they are so... Yeah, so you forgot wasted. about them. How could you forget about the Knights of Ren? I wonder why, because they're only in the last fucking film. Yeah. I, I They're in the <laughs> Lego game and I can't even find them because I can't remember their individual names because I, I didn't even realise they realize have individual they had... names? Oh, apparently. <laughs> to me, Rise of Skywalker doesn't exist, so... <laughs> on which note um, we're going to go on a quick break and when we return we're going to be talking about a film that apparently doesn't exist um, so see you all in a minute And welcome back. Now we're going to talk about The Rise of Skywalker. The reason I'm doing that very promptly is because, well, we've got a lot to talk about with this, haven't we? And there's going to be yeah, a lot, lot said. And I, I apologise in advance to any of the creative team and cast that are on this, to some extent. Um, <laughs> cast? I, I've got no issue with cast. Yeah, the cast are wonderful, and we'll talk about that. I mean, <laughs> no I, issue. I, 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 let's go back right to the beginning. Let's go right to the night we saw this. We just watched Force Awakens Last Jedi. And <clears throat> I think we were both very... I don't know. I I remember it as we were both in different camps with this film. I can't put into words how excited I was for this film. I I, remember I was excited. The first I was trailer, I remember the first so trailer of this film, and it was Insane. unbelievable. Insane. That trailer released. You had Ray jumping over the Tie Fighter. You had Palpatine. The ending. You had Palpatine. That was the Palpatine's thing. Though. That was it. The end. Ah, ah, was, ah, this <laughs> film. Don't know why he sounds like a was, dog, but you get the point. Yeah. Honestly, and then we go to see it. Yeah. It's one of the best experiences. I wouldn't change. Yeah. I, do you know what? I'd change the film. I wouldn't change the experience. I would change the film. Not the For experience. me. But do you know what? Yeah. I came out of that, and I remember me, you, and Andrew went to see it, and we got a taxi. Yes, yeah. It dropped us off in Wrighton. It yeah. was like three, four in the morning, and it we was. stood for at least an hour on the streets talking oh about this God, film. Oh my god, we did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. In it was bloody freezing. It was, it was. And we cold. sat, and December, I remember both it? of us been in different camps but i remember i was definitely looking at it i was trying to find the the positives I, yes i was yeah. definitely trying to not talk about what i didn't like about the film because it is yeah. the first time it was the first time coming out seeing a star wars film and I, for me when it comes to tv shows and films like i'm not too i say i'm not too critical and then we've been here chitting on these films but it doesn't take a lot to please me. It's like, like mm. the majority of the Marvel films, for example, I really enjoy. Like, I know a lot of them have their issues, and some of them are very slow. But blah, blah, blah. I enjoy them. They're just silly action films. This is the fir- this is one of the only films that I came out of genuinely disappointed. And I was saying to you before, the only other time I can think about feeling like that is when I came out of seeing Guardians of the Galaxy two, 
I felt disappointed. <laughs> I genuinely. Oh, no, you were wronging for that, but yeah. I felt. I felt. Yeah, I felt that as well with Guardians too. I felt at the time. disappointment. Yeah. But I, I know. I yeah. know where the majority of that comes from, but we'll we'll get on to that. It's interesting because I vaguely remember. I I, I remember being because I think there was. I'm not going to name any names because I can't remember. Um, and I obviously, you know, it's a. I I don't know them that well, but there was other people who I think you knew who were also seeing it. Yeah. And we met in between the films. I remember yeah. they were very positive about it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it. For me, immediately, it was like the start of the film. And and I know a lot of people have this criticism, but for me, I remember being sat there and I was you, I was excited. Like, I love Palpatine as oh, a character. Everyone. I was so gassed. It was an opening night. Was. The atmosphere was, was incredible. So and it was the first five minutes and the opening crawl. Palpatine's back. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, it's fine. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see where it goes. Kylo runs on Mustafar, but not really Mustafar. He gets a thing, and then he, it cuts to him in a ship, and then it cuts to him on Exegol, and then he's met Palpatine, and Palpatine's like, oh, I, I need Snoke, every voice you've ever heard, or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is really badly paced already. Like, I remember like everyone was really excited, and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this, because I'm already worried about that wasn't well handled. Like the opening of the film felt like a, like a music video or like a compilation or something. It was I don't understand. Like it was so quick, and you watch it now. Like Palpatine's in there. He's explained Snoke. He's explained, uh, you know, he's every voice inside Kylo Ren's head. He's explained all that in the first like five minutes of the film, not including the title crawl, probably about two three minutes, which is worrying. How I mean, if you think about that, yeah, Kylo Ren's like tra- that's like trailer pace. Like literally, that's, yeah. like an, that's like a trailer. In the span of a trailer, Kylo Ren has gone to Mustafar, killed a bunch of people, got some ancient relic that's gonna the, the wayfinder, and then he's flying through the the, the gateway or whatever. Then lands on Exegol. He journeys into Exegol, and then he hears Palpatine and meets Palpatine, and that in the length of a trailer, to me, you know, if someone who wants to go into filmmaking is like ah big red yeah. flags. Um, there's not going to be much structure to this review, I don't think. No. I think it's going to be very much <laughs> Just like, like a the game. film. <laughs> hey. uh, very good. Very good. Very good. Um, <laughs> it's going to be very much like, I think, a tennis match um, of just throwing points of the film at each other. But on the whole, I will say, for me, the film has some interesting ideas no, it doesn't. It's, it's just <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. It's I actually don't. I don't think I like many things about this film. I think I like Palpatine being in it, and I like him saying the funny lines. But that's on a very weak level of you know liking the film. I don't like the film. I like him saying "do it," <laughs> and I like thing, yeah. The one thing I liked about this film uh, when I first saw it, I don't even like now, and. Mm. Which is the yellow lightsaber. So okay. yeah, I was gonna say because I remember you liking that at the time, but yeah. Um, doesn't make sense. Sorry. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. But let's. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I. I really like the. Um, I don't know. I, I think for me, it's it's uh, the stuff I liked about it at the time were okay. I'm a massive like Palpatine fan as a character. I love the character. I think it's brilliant. I love Ian McDermott playing him as well. He's got this fantastic presence on screen. I think he's a brilliant actor. And he always had a lot of fun with the role. I loved seeing him back there doing all that stuff. Like when he fires the lightning into the air, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I like I love all that because it's it's him in, in his element. 
but I can't ignore the story. I just don't understand what happened. Because for me, and I, and I think there's a brilliant video essay, which again, I keep referencing because I, I love my video essays. There's a fantastic channel which has made one, which I think is called, and it's, it's a great way of summing up the film to its audience. But the video essay is, look what you have made. And that is a quote from the film. It's what Palpatine says. I, the same can be said about the audience. The ridiculous outcry over The Last Jedi is what birthed this film. The reason yeah. Jewel of the Fates fell apart and the reason this was a rushed piece and wasn't well thought out at all is down directly to Disney. I don't... I mean, I don't like what J.J. Abrams did with this. Um, but I, 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 I don't, don't entirely blame dead. it yeah. because I feel like he came in <clears throat> at the request of Disney within with nothing and just a, 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 like a, a blank board. So they what they did was... What they did was they they, they, they they just took loads of bits together. Like they, they got cookie dough and just started whacking in anything that like tasted good in it. But the problem is the things that tasted good were also bits of fruit and like <laughs> other shit. And it just comes up as this Wasn't... horrible mess that doesn't really work together. Yeah. Strange allegory, but we'll just move on from that. It it's yeah, very strange allegory. I'm just thinking about <laughs> that. What the fuck was I on about? Um <laughs> But what I mean is is that they, they weren't given the best job and I think most of them were shafted here. My problem is more with Disney and how it was handled. I'd rather them have delayed the film and made it better. Yeah, I would have been annoyed at the time. Should have been should have been delayed. Shouldn't have been rushed out. They shouldn't have been doing one film every year, Star Wars. They shouldn't have been doing that. And it and it shows quality wise because for some and I don't understand I, I will say uh, I don't bl- blame I don't blame JJ too much, but I do look at it and go, Well, why did you make half these decisions? What like why is Ray a Palpatine for starters? I think we've done our summary now. Why is I, Ray a Palpatine, right? I think for some reason to, to just quickly jump the JJ Abrams thing. I think it's I don't I don't blame JJ Abrams as a director for most of it. I think that and I know there's been reports of it but it's never been confirmed. I think there is so much so many higher-ups trying to fix what or trying to satisfy the outcry that last Jedi took that yeah, that, that's Abrams, exactly it. J.J. Abrams may as well have not been the director, mm. like genuinely, because he could have filmed. And I know there was the there's there was previous scripts, and I've read the the full Colin Trevorrow's previous... Colin Trevorrow's yes. script for Jewel of the Fates, <clears throat> yes. which was dropped, and he abandoned the project, and it was he didn't yep. let go of him. Huge mistake. Yes. Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry. Um. For some reason, one of my Twitch notifications just went off in my ear, and I like genuinely like shat myself. So I don't know what that's about. Um, so that's fun. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I, I, as you were saying, I think it's 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 a script that was let go, and it's, it's such a shame. Now that wasn't a perfect script either. Don't get me no. wrong. There's definitely parts of that that I don't like, and it might have fell apart in the execution. But this is just... I don't understand what they were doing with this. It felt like a knee-jerk reaction. It felt like Disney were like, just do everything and just like retcon everything. But the thing is, you can't retcon everything. Because that's not how it works. You stick to your guns. If it doesn't work, stick to your guns. We've had the Star Wars prequels, right? And the reason the last one's the best, because they stuck to their guns. If In yeah. Revenge of the Sith, they changed everything, what would be the point? It yeah. wouldn't have it worked. Yeah. It, I, don't, I don't believe it was because I think there was so much... You know, even if it never gets confirmed, there no one ever says it. I I know deep down in my heart that there was so much influence from higher ups to satisfy investors, 
to to, mm. to prove that that Disney buying Star Wars was was worth it, mm. like to to try and salvage that. Mm. And it just it's it's <clears> sad, <throat> and it genuinely makes me sad because I remember how excited I was for this film, and looking back, like I actually hate this film, and and I said before, mm. I would rather this film doesn't exist. It that when I th- when yeah. I think of Star Wars and I think of characters, I genuinely see them as pre rise of skywalker because i honestly feel like it ruins 90 percent of characters it adds barely anything to any characters in that film hmm. like you said before ray should not have been a skywalker uh, not sky sorry shouldn't have been a palpatine shouldn't have been a skywalker either let's point yeah, that out the it, it, what makes me laugh the most was we were having food before we went to see these films and you joked when we were having food i can't about remember Ray being a Palpatine, and we were laughing about it. I also joked about them bringing Ewoks I, into the film, and Ewoks were in the fucking ending of the film. I don't mind the Ewoks, to be honest. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, in no. terms of my criticism of the Rise of Skywalker, it's probably quite low down. The Ewoks rocking up for but, a shot. But then at the same time, that them bringing the Ewoks back and having a shot of Ewoks, it's it's again, it's the fan service thing. It's it's them trying to grab it. What it's I'm let's do like Return Ewoks. of the Jedi it's, again. Yeah, it's like, because it is Return try, of the Jedi again. Let's try and grab as much as we can from stuff that people recognise. Like, and and that's the whole thing with Ray being a Palpatine. It's like. We literally joked about it beforehand because no, mm. no one saw it coming, and that's because it shouldn't. It shouldn't have. Like it, it's, it it's, just shouldn't. It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't really make much sense, um, because it still doesn't satisfy the needs of the Force Awakens, who set no. up the connection to Luke's lightsaber. That's the only exactly real thing, and then it, it just it feels very rushed, and it feels like the the film itself is at breakneck speeds. It's it's yeah. so quick, like it, the pacing is off completely. But there's so many things. If you stop and think about any part of this film, right? So let's get the Ray Palpatine thing out of the way, right? Um, force lightning. Why has she got that? I don't. I don't want to be that guy. Oh, this force power didn't exist. Totally for that. Love that in the Last Jedi. But they didn't do anything with this. It's Chekhov's gun, isn't but- it? If you do something in the first or second act, it's got to pay off in the last, right? Her, her Ray having like force lightning once to blow up Chewie, but not really, and then never again. But referenced at the same time, it doesn't makes it doesn't make sense because Ray being able to use force lightning implies mm. that force lightning is an ability that only the Palpatine bloodline can use. Yeah, but, which is bollocks because it's, it's not a the thing case. that because Dooku used it, it's it. A, it. Yeah, Dooku uses it, and it's a known Sith technique <clears> through the entirety, whether it's legends or proper canon. Like it's it's just a Sith thing. It's not a Palpatine thing. Because it is treated a bit like a, a thing where it's um, it's 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 like oh, it kind of feels like it's natural. Like it's not like it's a, a yeah, taught power. Yeah, it feels like it. And that's the problem there. Like a bloodline technique. It's like it's been handed down. It's like oh, but only it, but Palpatines. It, but even if it, but even if it was from a completely story structure point of view, why show it and not use it again? Is the only mm-hmm. reason, and I can tell you now, the only reason they did it is to sort of preempt the Palpatine reveal. Yeah. But it wasn't needed. The Palpatine reveal is equally as shit, without yeah. with or without the the force lightning. You don't need it. So there's a point there, and the Palpatine thing is just it's very lazy. And if you look at it like the whole family thing is actually, as I was saying with the Last Jedi, the, the most difficult thing for Rey to hear is that her family didn't care about her. They just left her and sold her for scrap. Right? Kylo Ren turning around and going, actually no, your parents really really loved you. They really cared for you, and they put you on Jakku to protect you. <coughs> Yeah. That's the easiest thing she can hear. 
Oh yeah, you're actually a Palpatine. Here's all the problems. Your parents loved you, but your grandfather's a, a horrible man. It's the easiest thing. She could, oh yeah, she's Palpatine. That's a bit conflicting. Sure, of course it is. But the parents thing, oh, great to me. And talking about those sort of things, little detail there. Uh, Ochi, the Jedi hunter. Um, yeah. Who was that? Like, I, I just, and like, how useless. I mean, she, the, Rey was literally screaming at the ship from Jakku. Like, little details. Again, as I say, if you stop and think about any part of it, it sort of feels, it doesn't really work. Like, Ochi the Jedi Hunter, someone who was looking for a little girl, he's got their parents, he says, where is Rey? They go, not on Jakku. He goes, cool. Huh? Well, you'd check Jakku first, wouldn't you? Because there's not going to be many, like, nine-year-old, like, girls. Yeah. It's not a big place, Jakku. I mean, it's... There's only a couple of outposts. They've literally just been there. Check where your surroundings, at least, you know. I just... And then, he, what, he goes into a thing. goes to another planet. Steps out of the planet. Falls in quicksand. Snake pit. Dies. And that's Palpatine's best man. Come on. Yeah. Like, are you... Jo- I'm sorry, but come on. Like, yeah, it's... I, like even just little deals like that just get on my, get on my tits. I think it's such a travesty that Rose was shafted in this film. Um, to co- a complete side character... Who spurts as much dialogue as a random like um, rebellion member, which makes no sense to me, and it's it's awful because it's again it's that feeling of changing it from the backlash of the last film. It's like oh people didn't like this character, like Shafter, and the excuse was oh we couldn't fully integrate her into the scenes with Leia, which again Bullshit. another thing completely because I, I the whole thing with Carrie Fisher, I think they did a great job CGI with incorporating her using old lines. I think her stuff in the story worked. Um, but the excuse of, oh, we couldn't incorporate Rose directly into Carrie Fisher's stuff implies, from the get-go, they never planned to have Rose going on these adventures or doing anything at all significant other than being in the rebel base. Mm-hmm. Like, why couldn't she have done more in the final battle? Why couldn't she have went on the adventure with them? You know, like... The, just, the layer just, thing for me as well. As much as... Uh, I don't know, it works. It's really nice to have her in the film, but I, I would have preferred to have a film where she's not there. I don't mind her being in it. I, I think I'm they just, managed I, to I, gel it well. Yeah, but I, I, I agree with you. I think it feels. I it does feel. Preferred off. to have, but even if they'd done the opening crawl and said that over the time mm. span in between uh, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, that Leia sadly passed away. Like even if you just had that, and then you wouldn't have had to have the bloody Force pull. Mm. You wouldn't have had to have the bloody. Um, Thing is, I CGI of of uh, the training, bloody Luke and Leia training, to show that Leia was trained as a Jedi with Luke before I, she said, "Oh, I, I don't want to anymore." I'll I'll say one thing is actually I I I will disagree on that only because I think that I like Leia in this because of what it does for Kylo Ren's story because I think the mm. after the Death Star fight, the use of her using all her Force power to appeal to Ben Solo again. Yeah. And that that killing her in the same way that yeah, Luke I died, so. I think, is fitting, opposed to an off-screen death. And I know there's not many ways around it. I don't know what they would have done if she was still alive. Mm-hmm. Fascinating to think. But I think as daft as it is, and as very just there as it is, it, it, it's at least something where it's like, okay, you're using that for the plot. Um, some people even suggesting that layers uh, you can you, you know you can you can explain it away. And if you can explain things away, it works fine, right? So my my sort of head kind of explanation for that whole sequence is Leia used the last of her force abilities and the last of her strength to project what we see is Han Solo 
yeah. to be there for Ben. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm taking from that. Is that she used that, and, and obviously that's a bit in the future, but you can work a way around it because at the same time it doesn't make sense for Han Solo to be there as not a Force ghost, you know. And yeah. he's not, he doesn't study the Force. It's, it makes no sense anyway. But it's a nice scene, and it's probably one of the only scenes I actually really like about this film. Him having that same dialogue exchange from Force Awakens before he throws his lightsaber away. It's perfect. That's actually coming full circle. That's great stuff. But then Ben Solo gets absolutely zero lines in the film. And I think Ben Solo is one of the biggest wasted opportunities. I love the scene. Um, love the scene with uh, uh, Ben fighting the Knights of Ren, even though it's daft that the Knights of Ren got nothing. I quite like that he's got some hand Solo mannerisms. Like when he uses the gun and fires behind him and then does the sort of shrug. I think that actually for me really works i enjoy that but the fact that he gets no lines and just dies it's just like yeah. come on i forgot they kill him off oh my oh my you, god I, thing is that's another thing there we go oh you forgot like they god. even died at the end do you know something i've just uh well you talk about that fight scene that we didn't mention in last jedi is the force oh. telekinesis stuff between ray and kylo Oh, the, the dyad stuff. I think that that's, again, something else that lends itself well to this film. Should have yeah, been established it's, it's earlier, but I, I like... This film. Yeah, and I actually quite like that because it sets up for some very visually interesting lightsaber fights, like the thing between um, the planets, which mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of, but why the hell would I? Um, um, yeah, and yeah. and the ship and the, like, the, the balance of that and the way like, when they, they cut like a pot and like loads of like red stuff comes out of it. Cool! That's really cool, and, and it, like the, the way they use that is very unique and different. It's exactly what I like to see, but um, you know, I, and I don't, I don't mind it. I just wished, like, I wish they'd done more with it. I wish they hadn't just killed him off because it doesn't make any sense. I completely forgot they killed him. Um, I've dr- I've went on, I've droned on for a little bit. I'm, I'm gonna give the floor to you. Is there any points that really stick out to you as ones that just don't make any? I mean, there's obviously plenty there, but I, I know we're both very passionate about this and very the strong. The telekinesis, I'm not a huge fan of. Are you I feel not? Like, I, I get, I like that it does lend to some very interesting fights. However, mm. I feel like it doesn't really make sense because my whole explanation of when it was happening in Last Jedi was that they are somehow related and mm. or that the Force has some sort of connection, but then it just kind of gets ridiculous with they can now pass objects to each other between the Force and they just kind of like disappear and reappear. That's a bit odd. That is Which a bit to odd. me goes I'm not a massive... Like, yeah, it's cool. I like the, the being able to like speak with each other. Like, yeah, that's cool. Kind of lends to the Force Ghost thing. But the thing is, it works it, because it works. It, it works in Last Jedi because Snoke explains it away as... Yeah. You, you think you have this connection, it was me the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But then I don't like the object passing thing. As cool as it is when Ben mm. Solo pulls the lightsaber out from behind him, it doesn't, I just don't but that, like Yeah, but that's not the yeah. bit that I like. What I'm saying literally about the characterization of Ben Solo, yeah. in because it gives, he gets no lines, can't judge that. His actual mannerisms um, is good direction from J.J. Abrams yeah. because he feels like Han Solo's son as a Jedi, and I'm like... That is what I want to see yeah. more of. Like, where he pulls the gun behind him and shoots, what, like, a, a, yeah. a guard. Like, Cancel has done exactly that in The Force Awakens. When he has the lightsaber and he's just pulled it out and he has a little shrug, Han Solo has done that so many times. Yeah. it's It feels like, okay, this is Ben Solo. He's a Jedi. This is cool. I just kind of wish that, like... they I, either, with, either they didn't kill either of them off or they killed Ray off. 
as bad as that sounds, yeah. I feel like it would have been the more, a more of a fitting conclusion that he mm-hmm. is the last. You know, like, he's redeemed. Yeah. I know, yeah. and, but it's it's her who dies. He... Because otherwise, it's exactly the same as this. Is this is the same again as Return of the Jedi? Ben Solo it's going back to would, that Force Awakens thing. Would be the ultimate great Jedi because he is literally a, a Jedi who's gone from the dark side and has literally been blessed through the light and is this new person. When have we ever would... seen a Jedi in Star Wars, like the visual medium, who is redeemed from the Sith, like Never. that way around? Never. How fascinating of a concept would that have been for a new race of je- grey Jedi? That's obviously yeah. not their intention anyway. That's fine. And raise the focus of the franchise. I think Rey sacrificing herself and Ben living her legacy on would have yeah. been more impactful. And him because wielding his own mother's lightsaber would have been amazing. Or building doing... his own, I think. There's just so much more there for me. You know, Ben Solo. Like, yeah. that in itself, in the doing... naming convention, works. Doing that, taking Ray's Palpatine lineage away from her mm. and kind of doing this storyline of you can be nobody and like he's preaching this, you don't have to be this mm. this lineage, this royal blood lineage to be able to be a Jedi. Like mm. it does all come, as much as Ben Solo's related to Luke obviously, but it's like this whole thing is you don't have to be. Like he preaches Ray's thing where you can be you can be a kid in a barn with, with, a, with a broomstick. Yeah. But that's that's why I like the Last Jedi for that. I think what you know, I get. I don't know. It, it, it's yeah, it, it's all yeah. over the place with this and, and what it does. But I think again, Ben Solo is a wasted concept. Yeah. I wish we'd seen either earlier or be the one who survives. Like him getting yeah. killed off and having nothing for the future is is okay. It probably doesn't work as well in terms of the future if they ever did do anything past the Rise of Skywalker, which may end up happening. Um, yeah. Because it just would be weird for. Ben to be working with the resistance and like Poe and Finn that would be yeah. quite strange but like as a story as the sort of last film if this is where it ends it, I feel like I mean either Ben or both of them would have been more fitting yeah. um my next thing is uh force healing is the <laughs> stupidest yeah. thing my do you know what? my main gripe with this mm. is the fact that they put it in the episode of Mandalorian that Ed on the day that uh that Rise of Skywalker came out. Mm. Because we came out of that film, and I remember scrolling through the Mandalorian episode the day that it aired, and it was in that episode. Mm. Bearing in mind that at the time, Mandalorian was only released in America. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is so stupid. Mm. Like, genuinely but they, they, so Disney, stupid. Disney do that, though. Because, I mean, it, again, with, um, it's so with Spider-Man, they did it this year, where they had... Um, spoiler alert for Hawkeye. Have you seen Hawkeye? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, spoiler alert if you haven't seen that, but Kingpin appears in that episode, and that episode came out the same day that No Way Home came out, which includes yeah. Daredevil. So yeah, you've got that connection of bringing those into that universe. It's like a thing. Um, yeah, I don't like Force Healing. I think there's worse concepts in this film that annoy me more. I think, again, as I say, it's like if you can explain away something, I don't mind. Force abilities, they, they've always made it up as they go. And I don't like force healing. I feel like it's a very lazy plot device because if they can do it now, then why weren't they doing it in the prequels? Yeah. Why didn't Obi Wan like help Qui Gon? Why is Padme dead? Why? Why is Padme dead? What? Why is Padme dead? Like what? Well, Palpatine killed her, but you know. Um, yeah. Uh, it, from sadness. Yeah, she's dying of a broken heart. Um, yeah. 
As am I, watching this bloody film. (laughs) So there's four ceilings which I don't like, but my biggest gripe with this entire film, and the only time I have ever, like... I've, the only time I've ever been in a film and, like... Oh, I think ex- I know what this is. Expelled I in, think I know exactly in, what this is. <laughs> expelled in, I in negative. I, 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 don't I, get me wrong. I've been in films, and my God, I've been so hyped. Like, uh, the whole cinema has been. This is the only time in cinema, oh, in my cinema history, I know, where anyway, I I've know been in cinema so is. many times. I've seen so many films in cinema. This is the only time I have ever sat there and gone, what? Like, oh, like literally, like... And it's the moment where Ray and Kylo kiss, and it I hate it with a burning passion. Oh, it's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. There is an absolutely zero points to have it in the film. There, it doesn't add anything to the film at all. It's right at the end, so we don't even get to see if it has any benefits to Ray because it literally cuts to her being on Tatooine and burying the lightsabers and saying she's a fucking Skywalker, which pisses me off. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, then they, I they, literally they fucking there's no need kiss, for it. And then Ben Solo just dies. Like, what? <laughs> what is the point? It literally adds nothing. Yeah, it's it's. I don't particularly like it. I remember laughing at the time because of you exclaiming, "What?" I literally. <laughs> I remember sitting there. I was sat next to you, and I was like, "What?" Oh, <laughs> he didn't like that. Oh man, I don't like. I don't despise it, but I agree with what you mean. It's, it's, it's pointless to the film. It doesn't add anything. It, there's no need for it. I mean, there's a connection there, but it doesn't have to be like a romantic one. It's such. It's very, very cliched to me. It's so forced. It's so forced. And it's like, especially when you think of it, if you're going to go by legends and say that Palpatine actually created Anakin with like the midichlorians and stuff, then technically they're uh, related. So that's weird. Yeah. There, there you go, yeah. It's uh, no, I, it's I, I, genuinely it's... My, one of my biggest gripes of that, of the film, because I just feel like it adds nothing. It's so forced. It didn't need to be there. We've we've not. Yeah, I quite liked like... it as a kind of almost like a brotherly sisterly kind of thing. To be fair, I think it, I think it works as that. Uh, no, one... I, I, no one. I don't mean like that. Just no, I. No, not the kiss. I mean, never... the, I mean the relationship between the oh, characters. Okay, I thought you meant the kiss. I was Why like... would I mean that? I oh know. yeah, that's normal. The bro- yeah, I get the relationship kind of th- like the brotherly sister relationship. That's what I mean. Like... The kiss doesn't add anything. It doesn't change the characters. It doesn't affect anything. And if the characters are fine as that sort of like a friendly relationship, where it's yeah. like a camaraderie between the two, like obviously they're like against each other for most of it. But when they're when they're on the same side, it's like it's like a brother. It's like a brother and sister. Force, that's yeah. what I mean. Not that it's like a brother and sister yeah, in the scene. Okay. Well, although going by Star Wars, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. not not completely unheard of. Um, um, I just it, it just grinds yeah. my gears. Like what? honestly, yeah. I hate like I hate it with a burning passion. Um, one thing for me that I'm I'm gonna rant about now. Um, I've had my rank on. Yeah, it's your turn. Is is Luke Skywalker? Because if there's one thing that I I can't stand is a character being brought back for a reason to to so, and I don't mind him being a force ghost I don't mind any of that but simply to deliver exposition that in uh, is in a, is in the film for about five ten minutes and in, in that sort of sequence he basically just basically lists off loads of retcons for the last Jedi and I am not even kidding like and I I'm not I'm not the first to say this again going off some great video essays and stuff here but like. 
as soon as Rey went to isolate herself on uh, on Exegol on Act Two for some reason, and throws the lightsaber. Luke catches it and goes, a Jedi's weapon deserves more respect. It's like, ha ha ha, ah! That's like what someone would say on Twitter, at uh, Ryan Johnson. You know what I mean? That's, it's like, a Jedi's des- des- like weapon deserves more respect, SMH. You know? It's, I don't understand. And then it's like, oh, did you know I was a Palpatine? Yep. No, you didn't. You <laughs> didn't know that because that wasn't in, like, the last film. He's like, who are you? I don't know who you are. Like, you're just, a, you're just a nobody. You're nobody, you come from nowhere, you're not important in this whole thing. Why are you coming here? Like, in what, like, world would he be aware that she was, like, a Palpatine? So, oh, yeah, we knew. It's going back to the Return of the Jedi thing, which, again, works in that film, because it, was, it wasn't, like, a massive franchise at this point. Mm-hmm. It was just a film, it was just like, okay, it was convenient for them to change Luke's parenthood to be Vader, instead of just, like, an anonymous Jedi. So it was like... Oh, what well, I told you was true from a certain point of view, but Luke was just like, yeah, I knew, didn't tell you. What? No, I don't understand that. And then there's yeah. something else as well. It's just like this whole thing of, of, of just like pointless like retreads. It's like he pulls the X-Wing out of the water. Ah, do you remember that from Empire? See, that's, do you remember that's that? That's one of the only things I just kind of, I kind of like that. I like it. No. Do you just not like it at all? I don't okay. know. I just, okay, so there's a few problems. There's a few problems. First of all, it's just, it's just for the sake of nostalgia, right? I get that. I understand that. It sometimes works on me. That's fine. Didn't hear. Secondly, practical. Doesn't work. Because his X-Wing was broken. Like, the wing of the X-Wing was his door for his house. Was it? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I take So how does that work? I didn't realise. And then, like... Also, you're gonna... Like, it's the music. And... Sideways is a great YouTube channel, by the way, who talks about music, and I'm sure I've probably referenced this video to you before. I think I've seen this video. I think you linked me. And there is a video which he basically he talks about the Rise of Skywalker, and he talks about music, and he talks about all that sort of thing. Is why do they use Yoda's theme in this scene? Right. So in Star Wars, you can recontact. I'm, I'm going like, to sort of briefly summarize this video because it's a brilliant video, and if you've got time, uh, listening, go and watch it. It's a phenomenal video about the music in Star Wars. Right. But Themes can be made and then recontextualized later. The Force theme is Obi-Wan's theme. It was in A New Hope. By Empire, Obi-Wan had died. So they needed something to convey that, so they used it as the Force theme. Whenever someone's using the Force, they use that theme. The Star Wars main theme, the light-hearted version of that that we hear on Tatooine, that is Luke's theme. That has always been Luke's theme, but it's again recontextualized a little bit. There's stuff like the Imperial March, which was originally for the Empire, and then that is recontextualized to fit Darth Vader as a character because it, it lends nicely into weaving that throughout the prequels before the Empire exists into Anakin as a character and that shade of darkness in him. That's clever. You're recontextualizing the music. When you raise the X-Wing out of the war and you use Yoda's theme, then you have a danger of recontextualizing it because it's of the music from that scene. But Yoda's not there. That theme has not been played when Yoda has not been there. It's Yoda's theme. And Yoda's not doing any... Yoda's not there in that moment. They're doing the X-Wing thing because it's nostalgia. In the same way, the beginning of the film, 
and this is in that Sideways video again, TIE Fighters coming in at the Millennium Falcon and they have that whole thing, right? The music that they play is a new version, a sped up version of Palpatine's theme, which implies that these TIE Fighters are sent by Palpatine, but they're not. They're by the First Order, who aren't aware at this point about the Final Order or anything like that. They're just sending TIE Fighters. They are regular TIE Fighters. We feel that they're dangerous because we hear Palpatine's theme, but it's got nothing to do with Palpatine at all. Bar musical nostalgia. This isn't John Williams' fault, by the way. This is the sound editors. But it's a travesty, the amount of music that was written for this film that has not only never made it into the film, but never made it to public release. There is no prequels music in here. And we know that John Williams touched everything. We know there's some new version of Jewel of the Fates out there. We've heard it in the trailers. It never got released or shown or in the film or anything like that. Instead, we had a scene where they had a lightsaber fight at the Death Star, and there is no music. There is no music I d- Rise of Skywalker is the most musically boring Star Wars film. At its worst, Star Wars previously had been a bit shit but had phenomenal music and a fantastic score because sound editors in previous works have trusted John Williams because he's talented. In The Rise of Skywalker, it seems that the, the audio editors just talk over and Disney just took over with that. To the point where everything is just rehashed, everything just doesn't make any sense. Why does Luke and Leia's theme play when Lando reunites with his daughter? Is it his daughter? But why does Luke and Leia's theme play there? Why? It's Luke and Leia's theme. Because Ryan is a car crash in every sense. It, it is an I, I get very, I get very, I'm very passionate about film music, and since I've watched this Sideways video, I'm a lot more passionate about the music in this film and how it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, so this is a bit of an over-the-top rant, I'm aware. But seriously, there is a reason that there's only a handful of tracks from The Rise of Skywalker that are actually that memorable, that are new, because most of the composed stuff was kind of shafted out for old nostalgic things that we remember. The cool stuff is the Exegol stuff, like the, the Sith chants and stuff. That's exciting, that's cool, it's different. But, you know, reusing the Jedi steps from Force Awakens at the end of this film, I mean, sure, it's the Force theme, it works, but why use that particular one? Like, because it sounds good? It's like, compose something new. I don't, I don't know, Cooper. I'm just going on a bit of a tirade about music, this, and this. It, it's it starts from Luke, and the Luke stuff is one thing, but the music is another, and it connects with that that X-wing scene, and it's it, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense, and you can see the behind the scenes of it. And let's talk about it. And John Williams is like, oh, yeah, they, the, the sound editor and JJ were like, oh, yeah, we should use Yoda's theme. He's like, oh, are we sure? And they were like, yeah, we should. So they recomposed Yoda's theme for the X-Wing scene that Luke lifts out. There's multiple ways it doesn't work. I. Anyway, I it's, it's, it's one of those things where I hate the idea of using a character to rehash old things anyway. Like the Last Jedi stuff is, is, is canon. That's there. That's locked in, right? And now you have Rise of Skywalker, which is also canon, and now introduces things that don't make sense and don't fit with The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi changes some things in terms of reveals to setups, right? But it still gels with The Force Awakens. They are still film- two films that are consistent with each other. The Rise of Skywalker is not. It, re- it redacts and changes old things, which it shouldn't do. I don't. I just. I don't think that's right. And it, it doesn't. It's not satisfying. It's not a satisfying way of tying all the films together. It's not exciting. It. It, it just. It falls apart because the film's not even good. If the film was good and it changed things, uh, maybe. But the film is a poorly made film. It's just a very much an audience pleaser. But with its like, but it also changes a lot of things that don't make any sense. 
it falls apart in every sense of a Star Wars film. Whether you just enjoy watching the films, it's like seeing it, it's not a good film. Whether you're a story person and there are extended story points of the entire film that don't make sense. Yeah. Whether it's music, which you've just stated, doesn't make yeah. sense. There is literally zero part of this film that is consistent. It all is an absolute shambles mm. and unnecessarily changes and uses stuff when it shouldn't. It, it, and, that, and that's it. I think there's, and I think we haven't even gotten to half, the half of it. Like I could go on a tirade for like, ages about Finn's character and Poe's character and how they have no development in this film and they're yeah. totally left to the side. Finn is a defective stormtrooper. They built that up. They had the um, the running away thing in, in the Last Jedi. They built him up to be the Resistance hero. This film should have been like in Duel of the Fates original script. It should have been about him organizing an uprising in stormtroopers. It should have been him using that plot development device, that, 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 that unique element of his story and doing something or doing something with the fact that he's force sensitive like the film suggests a few times that he's using what? the force yeah. but does nothing with and Oscar Isaac and, and Poe as well like again he's a, built up he learns about being a great leader he made his mistakes in The Last Jedi at the end of The Rise of Skywalker he just sort of flunks in the battle he's only saved by the fact that Lando pulls it all together and brings all these wonderful ships through I just think it's lazy, and I think unless you're focused on Rey and Kylo, you just don't get attention. You just don't get any sort of thought or character development, and I'm not saying that's any of the cast or crew's specific fault. I think they should have had another couple years to make this, and I would have happily waited another couple years to get a better final product. Because I'm just so disappointed that every time I rewatch the films now, it's always going to end with this, and I don't think there's enough that you can explain away. The Mandalorian and that universe and stuff with Dave Filoni will probably do a lot of the heavy lifting with the cloning stuff and Palpatine, and that's cool. There's some things you can't change. You can't change Luke knowing that Razor Palpatine and like conflicting arguments of how his performance is in The Last Jedi with The Rise of Skywalker. He looked damaged in The Last Jedi. In The Rise of Skywalker, he looks like he's wearing a fake wig. Little it's things like that that just annoy me. It's, I don't know. it's a shame that even... Like after, after all all the controversy with Rise of Skywalker, we then get the TV shows, which have been like amazing compared to what Phenomenal. the show was. But it's 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 a shame that the current ending to our story is that, like that like That's there is it. nothing up there is nothing after that. How that film ends is the end of the the entire story. Everything that we've had Star Wars wise, like whether it's all the shows, all the films, the, the animated shows, it all ends there. Every story diverges to there. I I yeah, and I and I completely agree. I think it's 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 everything. And I've done like when I did my Star Wars marathon, I never watched Clone Wars, I never watched Rebels, I never watched any of the TV shows or anything like that. I watched Mandalorian. And when I did a rewatch, I watched Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, all of Clone Wars, Revenge of the Sith. I watched everything in canon in order. Finishing on this film was so disappointing, in such an anti-climax. And That's again. Such a shame. It's not a big slate on the film, but it is. It's a poorly made film, that's rushed and and sort of cobbled together haphazardly, and it it falls apart in 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 in, in where it really should have succeeded. You can't write a film based off a few people's rants on Reddit. You know what I mean? Just because <laughs> some people didn't like the Last Jedi, and myself included at the time, I maybe didn't love it as much as I could have. But it's those people, that outspoken uh, minority of people, that are very out there about it, and oh, you oh in oh you they should make they should retcon it and they should retcon it and retcon this and retcon that. 
the word retcon in filmmaking is just all I hate it. It's been used in the DC universe all the time now because I like, oh, we should retcon this and retcon. Why? Just continue it, you know, make a st- actual story. And it's like all these uh, theories on Reddit. It's like, oh, Ray could be a Palpatine. Ray could do. It's like it's like you're writing this film based off like Reddit, like people people's rambles on Reddit. So like, well, what do the fans want? They want Ray to be uh, Palpatine. They want Ray to be this. They want this. They want Palpatine. But everyone loves Palpatine. Let's get to say do it. Do it! Ah, oh, I laughed at that. I like that. I like because Ian McDermott, and I will say Ian McDermott's brilliant in this film. He's incredible because he's a great actor who can really do a lot with very little. Um, and I love Palpatine in this, but again, I'd rather have had him not reappear and like have a proper villain or a proper thing or Kylo be the villain. And they just change the story so it doesn't have to be a big bad that they have to face down because we've had that so many times. The original draft of the Jewel of the Fates that got released online of it being about an uprising and about the Grey Jedi being the final act and, you know, certain elements that don't work. But, like, again, I haven't even mentioned General Hux. Oh, why did you mention it? General Hux being an informant for the rebellion in the last film, which made no sense because he wants to make Kylo Ren fail, but, like, well... You can take out Kylo Ren without helping the rebellion, you know. Like I, it doesn't really feel in your character. It's again cheap, lazy screenwriting. That's my problem, and I it's not so. a criticism on the people who are writing it. Well, it is, but it's it's a criticism of the time they had to do it. This needed met. This needed to have someone come in and go. This doesn't work. It's like they tried to cram an entire, an entire trilogy in one film. Mm. And that's it. Like, that's, what this feels it, like is it feels it like, is disjointed. Yeah. Like it's it doesn't. It takes nothing from the, from the previous films. It's like, you could have, yeah, yeah. It just fe- it just been, it's yeah. very much like what is what do fans want? What do fans want to see? Let's oh they're like Palpatine. They're like this. They're like that. Let's throw it all at them, and it's like, great, like and that's what I mean by what I said at the beginning. That's what I mean about that relevance. That Palpatine line. It's like look what you've made. Like this is not. I don't point and direct, oh, it's the director, or it's this, or it's that. I don't particularly like J.J. Abrams' films all that much, but he's done better than this. He made The Force Awakens, right? Which is immediately better than The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, he has creative vision, and he has ideas that he implements. Some of them not very original, but he does. And I, people like Kathleen Kennedy, I think, get a lot of flack. She's got a big job on her hands, but again, yeah. she works with Dave Filoni and that on The Mandalorian, and that's come out really well, so who am I to judge? I think the problem is Disney relied on the fans and trusted the fans to be like, oh god, they didn't like that one, let's really change it up and retcon everything, which was the worst decision they could have made. So partially, yeah, it is absolutely Disney's fault the way this film went, but I think it's also a lesson to fans as well who were so outspoken about very minor, petty things that really aren't even that bad in The Last Jedi. Myself included. Yeah. The fans of Star Wars have always been a bit of an issue. This is the... The problem is Disney listened to them this time and made something based off what fans were like theorizing. It was it was after this point where you kind of sit down and you go, you need someone. It's it, you need like you need Dave Filoni, like you need your Dave Filoni, like you need the person mm. in charge who is a fan. You can't and you're gonna who's gonna step in and go, this doesn't work. Uh, like, like he's done Dave, with yeah, Dave Filoni stuff and uh, what's his name? Um, John it Favreau. Works. John Favreau works yeah. because 
they are fans of Star Wars. If you watch the first mm. season of Mandalorian and then watch the the series on uh, Disney Plus about the behind the scenes, yeah, the amount of things that went into that, it's like mm. the, there's 100%. the one that the one that stands out to me is why they should, in my opinion, they should be left to not left to do what they want, but like have them see the the overarching of the future of Star Wars is because there's. The the rifle that the Mandalorian uses in the first season is a rifle that I, that uh, I think it's Boba Fett uses in like a Christmas special. It's That's a holiday special. In, like, it's, it's the animated seen, section of the holiday it's, special. It's yeah, seen it's in the holiday fantastic. special. And uh, George Lucas comes onto set, and John Favreau goes, "Do you recognize this rifle?" And he goes, "Oh," and he goes, "Oh no, I don't." And he goes, "Oh, it's in the holiday special." So I went, "Oh, I just threw it in there just to put something there," but it's like hmm. it. It just shows that he's taken the tiniest little things. But what for me it proves that Dave Filoni is that he puts his foot down in the Obi Wan series and what we know about that so far. Now this episode is coming out after Fourth of uh, May, so there might be um, plenty more information out there by the time this actually comes out. Um, but obviously, just learning that like as long as Dave Filoni's been involved, he's had his foot down. That mall is going nowhere near the Kenobi series. I feel mm-hmm. like with uh, less competent writing staff, he probably would have been in it. This makes more sense. And it's like, again, you need someone who's going to put their foot down. I feel like if Dave Filoni was consulted on Rise of Skywalker, it wouldn't have been the same film. It's like if you look at... And I'm not saying one man can fix it. I'm just saying yeah. that there's no, elements. Yeah, you need someone who's going to go, this doesn't work. We well, need look, more time to do it. Look at Kevin Feige for mm. Marvel. He's yeah. a fan of Marvel. He's read the comics. Mm. And look at Marvel. Mm. It's like, it's leaps and bounds above every other thing in its genre at the moment. I think it's a, it's its own thing. And I think it's it's... Yeah, I, isn't it? Yeah, it, you're, Rise you're, you're, you're too was, right. Rise of Skywalker was left to people who don't like the franchise, and they they don't they didn't know enough about the franchise to try and they listened to the fans, whereas the fans. But I think all I, I think I think they did, but I think the problem is now you're at a point where it's not George Lucas anymore, and you've got fans in the director's chair and the writer's chair, mm-hmm. and fans of the show and 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 and, and the, the series and the franchise. They think they have about as much right as the writer and the director of the actual films now. We're at a point where fans are could even be older than Ryan Johnson and J.J. Uh, yeah. Abrams and go, actually, no, this is how it should be done. That's the problem. People are too outspoken about this sort of stuff. And it's fine. Criticise your media, as we are doing. Like, this was not good. No. And I will happily criticise anything, but it's also a thing of have some perspective and also just... Like, bear in mind that some dumb, jokey idea might end up being canon in, like, the future, and then you might look back and go, oh, shit. (laughs) Or, stick to your guns. Don't. Like, literally, stick to what you're going to do from the start. Yeah. Or, if you're going to make a trilogy of films and a massive franchise, plan it out. Think about it from the start. It's like, look what you said before, look at the prequels. The prequels stuck to its guns, and look at them now. I've said it a hundred times. Look at them now. Yeah, they the sequels, absolutely yeah. thrive at the, now. The prequels the, thrive. The prequels thrive because it, it it falls apart at the acting and the dialogue and many parts. The CGI is terrible in places, but what it does succeed in is the world building and the consistency between the films. The story is consistent. It was planned out from the beginning. It works, right? It works. It's tried. It's tested. It works. With the sequel trilogy, because there's no plan at the initial stage, they made it as they go, looked at how that film did, and then changed and changed and changed changed it. So the big criticism of The Force Awakens, too similar to New Hope. So The Last Jedi was, what, 
completely different. I like what The Last Jedi did. It's my favourite film of the trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. But what they didn't need to do is look at The Last Jedi and go, oh, people didn't like that. Let's change all of that. That's not how you make films. Yeah. It's no longer a creative vision when the corporation that owns it is just going, well, the fans don't like it. So change it. Change all of that. No, stick to your guns. Yeah. If the prequels came out now, they wouldn't be the same. The Phantom Menace... No. <laughs> It would have been shafted. Attack oh, the clones. Jesus. You know, Attack the clones probably would have been better, but we wouldn't have had the incredibly rich storytelling that we had with those. I said in the break, George Lucas, I think, is a genius. You can criticize the yeah. prequels to the nth degree on their quality of filmmaking. They are bad films, but what, in terms of Star Wars films, and they're not great in Star Wars films either. The first two, but what they are is they're a fucking masterclass in world building, character development, storytelling. And the reason you can see that is because you can look at the Clone Wars and go, well, the Clone Wars only had the prequels to work with and look what they've made. Exactly. Anyway, um, we've went on for so long about this and I think we've kind of come to a a natural sort of conclusion there. Um, Yeah, we've covered all the mainline Star Wars films now Mm -hmm. um, and I think you never know in the future, we might end up, I probably will end up coming back and doing Rogue One and Solo. It seems only right. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also many uh, TV shows and all that sort of thing that are coming out frantically there's going to be a lot this year I mean this year alone we've got Boba Fett we're going to have Obi-Wan Andor Mm -hmm. Series 1 and The Mandalorian Series 3 at the end of the year as well so yeah a lot of stuff there as well in terms of Star Wars so who knows Um, one thing I'm trying out for this season of the podcast um, is we're going to end on a question we're going to end on one little question which in (laughs) itself is a bit of a fun film reference um, which you may recognise if you've seen the film Hot Fuzz. Oh, it's um, wild. I would like to ask a simple question, which is completely disconnected, but it's a nice little round off because I've not asked you on the previous ones. But this is like a, this is like a new segment, a sort of testing okay. testing a new segment. Cooper, what's your perfect Sunday? What is my perfect Sunday? Probably like lying in till. Midday, one o'clock, getting sure. up, drinking tea, brunch, bacon sausage sandwich. Greg's bacon sausage sandwich. We'll pref- we'll put preference on that. I didn't even know they did sausage sandwiches. You know, Greg's bacon sausage sandwiches. Oh, didn't amazing. even know. Um, and then just just relaxing, literally, and then yeah. getting prepped for whatever I've got on the Monday. Just usually uni work, so. I love that's that. It's your my... perfect Sunday is still right. I'm prepping for Monday. My... Well, it's kind of like well, my perfect Sunday. Well, sorry, my perfect Sunday would be not having to prep for Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is my Sunday. So there we but go. Yeah, so, yeah, a bit of a weird thing to end on, Sunday. but we're trying it out. Nah. <laughs> um, that is all I think for this. We've been recording for so long. I don't know how long this end podcast can end up being, but we've been recording for two and a half hours. Um, Social media, anything you want to advertise, uh, go shout Cooper away. underscore Britain on Twitter, see Britain UK on Instagram. Yeah, that's that's it. Thank you. It's been a pleasure doing all three of them. All three nine times. of Let's them. Go. All nine, sorry. All, all three podcasts, nine. all nine films. We've done Skywalker. We've done the entire Skywalker saga. Saga. Fantastic. Um, Revenge of the Sith is still the best film. Yeah, there we um, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Oh. And on that note, I think, uh, yeah, for us, it's at Spill Your Beans on Twitter, at Spill Your Beans Pod on Instagram. And if you want to follow my personal Instagram and Twitter, it is at GBSheard. Um, thank you all so much for listening. If you managed to make it through, let us know what you know about the, uh, Let us know what you know. Let us know what you think about the Star Wars films. Um, 
on social media, all that sort of thing. We are interested because yeah. I think this one's a particularly yeah. interesting one. I'm always and, interested to read what people think on these films. Yeah. And next time we may return with a bit of a, a double bill of uh, Rogue One and uh, Solo, potentially. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and always uh, remember, may the force be with you. Oh, that is beautiful. That is, we're gonna end. I, yeah, we're gonna just end it there then. Fantastic. See you later. Bye. Cool.